0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: Josh Alvarez, no, I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you're listening to episode 99 of Cinepunks.
2: Nine.
1: I have 99 <laughs> episodes, <laughs> and this is one. And this is one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, uh, we have very special guest, Mr. Joe Turner, with us. Howdy. And Hi, uh, Joe, yo, I'm so psyched to have you on the show.
3: Yo, I'm really happy to be here. I mean, it's been a while coming.
1: Dude, we haven't hung out in so long. Seriously. We've but been talking Joe, about this for a while. You've been we th- have been you brought this up to me a long time. Well, like, sure. I brought I brought Cinepunks up to Joe when we started five years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I told you about it at a time series. I was like, yo, I'm working on a
3: podcast. Yeah, you I do exactly it. know what the hell my uh, dysfunction was in, in <laughs> getting to this point, but
2: I mean, we definitely have had a bunch of different lists because usually we make a list of potential guests. This is crazy, and then we stop looking at it. Yeah, we and and make a we, list, and then, then we make says, a new list because yeah, 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 we yeah. forgot <laughs> who was on the old list or where the old list was. You've like been on every <laughs> list that we've every ever list made. has said Atomic City Joe. Yeah. <laughs> the hit list.
3: You don't even work there anymore. Yeah, now I'm back. Oh no, shit. Yeah, uh, so I'm working on. Some other really big project right now, mm-hmm. and uh, I knew that I needed to be back in front of people again, okay, like on a regular basis. Right, I just hadn't been for a while. And I was like, I need to be able to, you know, uh, reconnect with the same folks that would be my support mechanism for this thing that I'm working on. Sure. So here I am back at a a few days a week, and
1: that's know, cool, man. Doing cool. Doing the
3: thing I love, even if it's you know short lived. Right. Yeah. No, it's come good. get some comics.
1: I'm with it, man. Mm-hmm. I'm with it. So before we get into talking more with Joe, we still would like to thank our. Uh, our wonderful Patreon subscribers for their oh, uh, yeah. generous support of the Cinepunks. Thanks Patreon. Thank you guys. Uh, we, awesome. we
2: got a new we got a new subscriber this past week. Yeah. At the I won't blow up their spot, right. let's just say it's a new person. And cool. Notice that you exist. And while it's a <laughs> be a bit, you'll get something eventually.
1: Let's put it that right. Way. Right. 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 We're and, and I don't need to, I've done that before. might Even be extra Patreon uh, material. Yeah, I, d- I, de- <laughs> I definitely posted that we were probably going to do that, and then I was like, oh, we don't have time to do that. God yeah, God and then me. we just didn't do it. It was
2: pretty cool. Yeah. Are you taking, right now, listeners, Josh is taking a picture of me oh, yeah, it's lounging a and relaxing.
1: <laughs> With no shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We so, definitely braved basically a hurricane to record for you people. It was intense. It was a lot of water.
2: There was a lot really of water. bad water. That that's what you were coming through At say. a certain <laughs> point, just walking around my car to come into Joe's place, I stepped in water that was a good at
3: half least half inch above deep. my yeah. shoe. We yeah, forded yeah, a river. Yeah. It was like basically <laughs> we basically. forded a
0: river.
1: We fought through the nature to get here.
3: I felt really powerless because I was holding that umbrella <laughs> on the porch, and I really wanted to walk yeah. down and you'd bring the umbrella. But like you said, the umbrella doesn't do anything for a river.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess my head would have been slightly less wet, but <laughs> just the wrong tool. My <laughs> uh, my leather boat shoes. Yeah. Side note. Why are they called boat? They're I made of know. leather. Yeah, that's the worst shoe to wear on a boat. Yeah, also as I true. now <laughs> learned by walking through a street <laughs> river,
3: a dirt river I in West Philly. I think the point Philly. of being on a boat is that you don't put your feet in the water. Oh <laughs> shit! You're oh, right. Right. Uh, then mm. in this
1: case, leather shoes would be the optimal scenario. <laughs> We're also brought to you by the
2: fine people at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. com. You don't have to afford a river to get quality screen printed. <laughs> 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 Unless I'm it nice. rains, because there's definitely a river outside the <laughs> shop when it rains there. Um, yeah, you know, are, uh, is Chris Reject a bit of a degenerate scumbag? Sure. Sure. But there's really nowhere else you want to go to get something screen printed. I wouldn't <laughs> hire him to watch your kids. You know? I wouldn't... Um, <laughs> I wouldn't trust his taste in film or in food, and certainly <laughs> not in music, unless you're into like the some dude with face tattoos under a train <laughs> singing about being poor and white. If it's not for the, if you're not into that, then Chris reject's not the dude you want to hit up. Right. But right, right. when it comes to screen printing, if you go anywhere else. I fucking hate you. I'm
1: just letting you know right now. Wow. That's wow. That's a, bold, that's a bold statement. Okay. And also one last... But you should go to Lehigh Valley Pro. <laughs> one last sponsor. We would also like to thank finery at 3rd and Market uh, for all your tattoo removal needs. If you go there and you mention that you heard about them through Cinepunks, they will take 50% off of your first treatment. So uh, they do good work. And uh, if you do go there, tell them Cinepunks sent you. So, uh, so yes. Uh, that's right. That's
2: Shout us out when you get your... Zap, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. When, uh, when when, Mike McTernan gives you a, a laser to the arm, let him know. Cinepunk says thank you. Thank you. All right. So anyway, back to the topic at hand. Hey, we are here with Joe Turner. So Joe is one of my first friends in Philadelphia when I moved back here. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 years ago when I moved back to Philadelphia, I... Uh, Hung out at South Street still, and I met you at Atomic City. We were fast friends. And man. we were friends like almost immediately. Yeah. And uh, it's been one of the things that I've been the most grateful for when moving back to Philadelphia. I really
3: appreciate That's that. That's the
1: man. God's honest truth. Joe had a bunch more hair back then.
3: That, oh yeah, that's true. That yeah, for, for a very long time, I, I forget about this all the time, right? <laughs> uh, I had locks all the way down on my butt. Yeah, you uh, did. He had some Greg Daily. For like locks. Yeah, a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot of years. Yeah, yeah. This is true. This is yeah. Joe V three. V three, three 3.0.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, Joe has been. You've been instrumental in me discovering a lot of um, a lot of things that I love today.
3: I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this: our conversations, if they were beneficial to you, trust me, man, they helped me a great deal. Because every Yo, time man. I'm thinking wow, who who do I really enjoy having the conversations about the things I love the most? You know, this, There's a few folks. you hey one man. of them, man. I'm down with that. I'm that's really, that's, really, that's really, a good
1: yeah. time. But Joe told me about the Meta Barons. He told me about the Incal. told me about the Jodorowsky comic books with Mobius, like all that stuff, and I love jodorowsky as you know but i didn't know about the books yeah he so
3: basically y- lived his second life in comics yeah you basically opened my eyes to that that's so awesome
1: yeah that's definitely one of the one of the things that i love to this day that's awesome so you know i'm so happy that you're on the show i'll try man
2: <laughs> i like seeing josh so excited dude <laughs> it, it, it
1: makes me psyched it makes me psyched and um, that that you even want to be on the show is also pretty cool too I'm with that too so you know just saying ain't saying.
3: that many people I ride for like Josh. I'm saying
1: I ride for Joe Turner. That's the rule. That's that's just the way I do. But um, yeah, so uh, this is the next segment where we get to uh, discuss. We didn't say we were talking about this episode yet. Oh, no, we uh, didn't. Uh, 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 Jacob, uh. you might have to edit that, that little uh, preemptive. Uh, that's cool. Just uh, jump into what we're going to do. <laughs> so today, Joe picked a couple movies for us to watch.
3: Uh, so, you know, I'm a big fan of a whole lot of movies, but genre flicks specifically are, yeah, kung fu movies, man. Right. Kung fu movies. I love them. Right. I do, you know, the regular uh, uh, hip hop action cinema event series where mm-hmm. I basically try to share everything that's awesome about them with folks so that they can just be throwing their popcorn and having a great time and learning at the same time. And uh, I picked a couple of gems that people just don't talk about very often.
1: Well, I never heard about the movies that you picked. I, I literally had never heard of yeah, them. Yeah, I didn't even know movies. they were. Yeah, I'd never heard the names even.
2: I mean, okay. Uh, so the movies are uh, Life Gamble and uh, Holy Robe of Shaolin. Right. I technically had never heard of Holy Robe of Shaolin. But in a way, I had because it's a combination of a variety of things that I've heard in the titles of other movies. <laughs> so when you when I saw that, I was like, "Holy robe of Shaolin!" Sure, <laughs> it could have been the cutting sword of Shaolin, or the twenty monks of Shaolin, or yeah, the yeah, yeah, holy yeah. sword of Wu Dang, or you know what I mean. <laughs> like, th- there was no part of it that was unfamiliar. But then, life gamble, I was like.
0: Life Gamble.
4: That's yeah. Life
3: Gamble isn't a name that comes up in the kung fu movie auto no. generator that you could, no. you know, like no. if you if yeah, you had a yeah, name yeah. generator for kung fu movies. Yeah, like the Wu I mean, Peng. you could get Holy Robe of the Shaolin Temple. <laughs> when I <laughs> when you wouldn't get
2: Life when Gamble. When I saw Life Gamble, I immediately assumed like, oh, you picked a more modern Hong Kong film. Like I was literally pi- picturing like a Chow Yun Fat or a uh, right. Sammo Hung, yeah. more modern. Like honestly, because of the title, I was like, "This is going to be like a action comedy from the '80s." <laughs> yeah. And then I watched
1: it. I'm like, "Oh it no, is neither of those is things. This yeah. is a period yeah, yeah, yeah. flick, and it's I've never heard of it." <laughs> yeah. But you, so you used to curate the uh, hip hop kung fu. Th- what was it
3: called? Well, it was uh, the previous incarnation was hip hop action cinema. Uh huh. And was th- it
1: just kung fu then too, or was it?
3: Uh, no. W- so the the idea wasn't. Only Kung Fu originally the, the the TV series Kung Fu uh, that, that Tommy Boy record, uh, Records they did a TV show and it was ten episodes and it was mad obscure but people that love it really really love it and I wanted to share that with some more folks mm-hmm. so I, p- I paired a half hour episode of that with a curated movie it didn't have to be Kung Fu I did some samurai flicks um, mm-hmm. I did some even American action I did a, a Last Dragon oh yeah uh, Black Dynamite um, so it was action cinema. With a heavy emphasis on Kung Fu. Right. But now I'm about to roll out a new version. I think it's going to be called uh, Kung Fu Hot Pot. And <laughs> it's going to be pretty much strictly uh, old school martial arts. That is I awesome. I mean,
2: look, in theory, I like action movies. In theory. Right. What I realize is that um, if we're talking about a modern action movie, uh-huh. and that modern action movie does not have a strong martial arts Context, <laughs> chances are I might not like it. Really? There's a lot of 80s action that is totally without any fighting in it that I enjoy. Uh huh. But yeah, man. But a unless lot of, it's like the a John lot of Wick, these, like. A lot of these summer movies that people are like, it's so great because of the action. And I'm like, by action, do we mean CGI car chases? Because guess what? I'm out. <laughs> are we, do we just mean a bunch of green screen stuff? Uh, it only works for me with comic book movies because of my deep, irrational nostalgia.
1: Right. So okay. I see the
2: characters and I go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I need <laughs> this. Uh-huh. I need this because I've been dreaming about it since I was 11. Right, right, right. But right. Um, people will describe it like a comic book movie, and it's just a muscle-bound action film. I'm not stoked on it. The only reason I you won me over with Fast and Furious uh-huh. is because I, the humor is a little bit more, uh-huh, and because uh-huh. um, there's something about the clear tension between The Rock and Vin Diesel that also exists in real life. <laughs> that yeah, that into the movie. Yeah, that's
1: in all the movies that they're
2: yeah, in. Yeah, that I kind of... It kind of suckers me. It's but very captivating. But then again, we are talking about sure. an eight-film series right. that I enjoy... 3 of those movies. Yeah,
3: well, that, that I think that's about appropriate when there's 8 movies. Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> it, the ratio fits in terms of how many movies you like in general versus how many movies you see. So Yeah, that's fair. My know. odds are probably lower. Oh man. Yeah. 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 So, hatchet. with the Fast and Furious franchise specifically because No, I actually probably like 3 of those too. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Three> I'll <laughs> tell you. really good. Yeah. I'm a fan of 7 of them. Enough to get Ooh, a Fast and Furious tattoo. Fuck yeah, my yeah, face. yeah, yeah. I forgot that's that you like what seven. How yeah. could you like seven? Of, you
2: can't possibly like... You
1: can't I do. possibly
2: enjoy... Okay, first of all, four is off the table. Four is off the table? Four is the one that no
1: one likes. Which one is four again? The Brazil one? You don't even remember which one. Yeah, because they all seem like one big movie to me. Listen. That, no, not, that's
3: about right, too.
1: Yeah, it's not some type of... Intellectual, like, exercise that I do that when I watch Fast and Furious, I'm just like, yo, give me some cars and muscles, let's do this. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like, I mean, granted, this doesn't make me any less of a fan, but I also know what it is that I'm dealing with, Liam. I mean, that's how (laughs) I feel about exploitation (laughs) movies, and you won't, you know, budge on that. Yeah, well, I you know I have deeply seated issues with some of these exploitation <laughs> films that I just have a hard time getting past. Awareness is the key. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Whereas with Fast and Furious, it doesn't touch any of those notes. I'll take so a, I'll take a super offensive
2: exploitation movie over Fast and the Furious one, two, four. Well, I I really only hate one, two, and four. Okay, I'll give those you that. Those are the only ones that I really am like. Like fuck these movies! Yeah, yeah, no, no, I get the rest. Some of them I like, and some of them I'm like, that was fine.
1: Yeah, eight is fine. I take it the same way I take the Mission Impossible canon. Like I'm like, yeah, okay, let's do this. Let's pull your face off. Let's change your voice. I'm I'm into it. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I'm down. Let's do this. Well,
2: before we jump into these uh, uh, discussions, these two kung fu movies that we're gonna get into, and spoiler, Josh didn't like all the movies. (laughs) Spoiler. (laughs) I'm a little iffy on one of the movies, <laughs> but I have something about it that I really love.
1: Right. Spoiler. But before we get into Joe that, picked them both. He probably uh, likes uh, them both. Yeah, a whole he loves lot. them both. Uh, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Well, and also, he's
2: <laughs> here to talk to us about it because we know exactly nothing about
1: zero things about it. We um, know.
2: But, yeah. but before that, it's time for us to talk about. Um, You know, that thing thing we do. There's a thing that we do. Yeah, every time. I think it's like every episode we do. I mean,
1: sometimes it it goes a month between us doing it, though. It's a bit of a gimmick. What is it called? I'm seeing
3: psychic waves between the two. I
1: think it's called whack and on track, track. Dun, yes. dun, 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 dun. so joe as our guest oh, wow. you have the choice to go either first last or middle
3: seeing that in person was even better than listening to it <laughs> Stop, stop, man stop. So <laughs> we, uh, stop. we got faces
1: for radio man that's just what it is so <laughs> oh, but yeah so joe you get the choice to go either first middle or last and okay. uh just discuss uh, the things that you've done recently that are whack and or on track
3: uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be the meat and the sandwich, man. I'll, I'll I'll do middle. Middle. Okay. Liam,
1: would you like to go first or would you like me to go?
2: I'd like you to go first if that's okay. So the first yeah, thing. Josh, tell us, man. Yo,
1: I went to the Southampton Spa last week that's for awesome. the first oh, time man. in my entire life, and it was so fucking cool. Can I say that? It was so cool. Have you guys ever been to spas before?
3: I mean, yeah, but what, what Where is what it's, is this? Why is this spa awesome? Dude. So it was. Uh, this is a plug. They should be giving you money. I don't
1: get, dude. If they just give me like, hey, Joshua, come inside to our spa. Enjoy the beautiful pool. Do they I'd have be to like, say it like that? I would love it if they did, because it was how I felt. It was so dope. So it was Dave Adoff's birthday gift from his brother Brian, and Dave has been my best friend for 30 years. So I went with them because it was on my day off. That's fantastic. And uh, we we wore robes and swim trunks and flip flops. And not I like,
3: not like cult robes. Like no, like bath no, no, robes. no
1: bathrobes stained That's with all types of weird food stains, but uh, it's okay. But it's all right, man. Okay. It's all right. <laughs> and they had like these different sauna rooms. Have you ever done the sauna room? Yeah. I've never done this on a room. It's really, really awesome. I was in there sweating my face off, and then there was a cold plunge pool that was refrigerated that you have to jump right in. Did you know this?
0: Yeah, yeah. You I knew didn't this. Know about this, yeah. yeah,
1: dude. Blew my mind. And <coughs> then halfway through this experience, I participated in a little uh, vape pen filled with a little illicit materials.
3: That's what I'm talking about. And yo,
1: it took it to a next level when I already thought I was up at the highest level I could get to. What's
3: the one word that you would use to describe what you? Aim to achieve at a spa, relaxation. Goddamn yo, right, yo! And I got and it. And you got it. I achieved it. It I was great without proud doing of
1: massage. You. It was so good I'm jealous, but I'm that proud the of following you. week I made my wife go with me. I was like, "Babe, we have to go do a thing." And I took poor Milani to the spa, and I was like, "Okay, here's where you eat the robes that are stained with borscht." <laughs> it's,
3: it's not like, funny. That part oh, isn't dude. funny. It was wild. You don't want to like but highlight that part. Here's the thing, though. She is was psyched. Bor- is
1: borscht good? I don't know. I didn't eat the fucker. I used to like beet soup, right? Yeah. I don't know what it is. My
3: mom used to make it for me when I was a kid.
1: It seems like a weird thing to eat while sitting next to a pool. Yeah. I'm going to put that out there.
3: I would agree with that. But
1: that said, a charming young man by the name of Andre on my second mission there was like, would you like to be given the treatment with the oak branch? And he beat my ass with an oak branch inside a sauna and I loved it. It was wonderful.
2: I, don't. I'm re- I'm I swear I'm g- to God, yo, it was I'm so cool. Swear to I'm God, <laughs> if this is your first I'm episode, this is a movie podcast. I'm confused. Yeah.
1: No, it was weird. He made me lie down on a on a towel in a sauna that was 200 degrees. Is this and then how he, you discover you're into S and M? I don't this, know. This, this really how sounds I, like yeah, yo. Yeah. This is how I discovered that I'm into relaxation, and the optimal way to get there is through the Southampton spas in uh, Bucks County, and it was awesome. Wow. That's all I'm going to let you know. Wow. So that was dope. Um, I saw Midsummer. With Liam, oh Liam came wait, down. I also saw Midsummer with Liam. Yeah, with you, Maybe. with me, we went. It was a super fun screening. All like all the homies were in the house. Yo, you see Midsummer? You've seen it, or you haven't? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So all three of us have seen Midsummer. For okay. me, directly in the on-track pile, I thought it was wonderful. I enjoyed the visual aspect of it. It definitely uh, felt very visceral. It felt very uh, churning in a way that. Uh, hereditary hinted at but then was overshadowed by its like overt horror tone whereas i felt that this was more focused on the emotional carnage i felt that this was more horrific in terms of the implication of all the things that happened in the movie and i loved the visual i thought it was beautiful i thought it was gorgeous and i really really loved it hmm. Joe, it think? was
3: incredibly well shot yeah and mm-hmm. I, I it mean, was
1: intoxicatingly so. It was really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, I think, because I've, I've I've rewatched Hereditary a few days beforehand just to get myself ready. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I, I I think one of the biggest problems is that people went in thinking it was a horror movie. Right. It really isn't a horror movie. It's a psychological fucked up thriller thing, but it's not really a you, not you, a... you wouldn't call Silence of the Lambs a horror movie, you know? You'd, you, uh, I think I, some people would argue with you on that. They'd part, argue. But I hear what you're... But you, you see what I'm you saying? Could, you
2: could at least say that... Uh, Midsummer is in no way a traditional horror film, and the advertising did not suggest this no. is not a traditional horror. It sold it as like this is a horror film. <laughs> right. and You're watching it, going, nah, I mean,
3: it's
2: I, I'm less willing to say that something isn't a horror film. Well, I think but it certainly is not a traditional or an expected horror.
3: I think film. I'll, I'll make it a little bit clearer and say that uh, not not a horror film, quote unquote, but a movie intended to scare you.
2: Right, right, not. right. A, yeah. I mean, in okay. that way, it does share a lot with Wicker Man, another movie that is horrifying, but it does not scare you at any time. Right, right, and right. W- that w- for me, mm-hmm. some of the most horrifying things that happen in Wicker Man, mm-hmm. I'm stoked on. By the time we get to the ultimate horror of Wicker Man, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> like, let's do it. Let's get rid of this guy. Yeah. Like, I'm so over him at this point um i
3: think that's actually one of my oh i'm sorry go ahead i was gonna say that's one of my problems with midsummer actually if we really want to talk about it yeah uh there's no valuable redeem not even redeemable there's no cathartic characters in the right. case right yeah so i would agree with I'm that i'm watching yeah. these really amazing things happen in an interesting plot to characters that i have zero ability to connect with throughout the entire film and you know when the horrific things happen they are in context and appropriate nothing is like oh that just doesn't make any sense which Mm -hmm. is great because smart writing is necessary you're like i'm still in this but they're still happening characters i'm like i kind of want to check the boxes and watch you guys go
1: (laughs) yeah actually that that is very uh very insightful thought because there definitely isn't anybody in this movie that i'm like yo man i really hope you make it you know what i mean like I mean, I. I think, mean, you root I for think for the it's a girl kind of sort of. No, but, but I think
2: that's mm-hmm. meant to be mixed because I think the portrayal of the girl... I mean, so Ari Aster is clearly the, the female character. Right. That's him.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And I think what we're supposed to see is the catharsis of... I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but let's just say what you're experiencing is both the catharsis of seeing something bad happen to someone who you have animosity towards, mm-hmm. but also the mixed feelings of that, of realizing this feeling i'm having which is real is also bad
3: right it's vengeance right and yeah. so
2: i think the film puts you in that place where you are saying i feel you but this is
3: awful well i didn't feel like her empowerment needed to come through this was this is actually my problem with a lot of stuff and sure and, and and i'm wrestling with myself as to what the fuck i know and don't know and right. just how much I'm, I'm talking out of my ass but <laughs> uh, i feel like one of the 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 most gaslighting ways to re-perpetrate misogyny is to give the empowerment of uh, women characters, obviously, you know, female characters in a a plot, give them their empowerment only through a a mimicking of the complete disastrous behavior that they see perpetrated against them Mm -hmm. repeatedly. So, like, in this movie... Even though she's chosen for the reasons that she shows up, spoilers everywhere, of course. Yeah, but, of course. But uh, but that wasn't the problem. The problem was her decision to throw him under mm-hmm. the bus for his choices. So she she was gaining power not just from her connection to something pure and and original mm-hmm. and being chosen for that, but also through you know her vengeance her against vengeance him. Her vengeance against that, that, that dude. I yeah. was like that that isn't. That isn't necessary for me as a character development. I mm. think you could say more things, and I don't need him to live, believe me. Like, he can go. Yeah. But do we need to get it that way? Does it have something yeah. to do with the plot that we need to be uh, asking ourselves about this character? Should we be cathartically connecting to her choices?
2: Okay. I think it is necessary. Not
3: to get too deep. Yeah. I do
2: think it is necessary because I don't think it's meant. So, this coincides with my theory about hereditary. So, oh. I'm not going to spoil Midsummer for anyone. But I am going to say something spoilery about Hereditary. I think Hereditary is a movie with a happy
3: ending. For the people at the end of the movie.
2: But he also wants it to be happy because it's a movie based out of an idea that um, he's, he's representing an emotion where he is so unhappy and so disgusted that finding a purpose, even if it means the end of the world... Is pretty sick. I mean, this kid who feels disconnected, uh, and by kid, I don't even mean the male character because he's gone. Right. But this poor girl mm-hmm. who's so alienated and put upon finally has her purpose as the bringer of the end of the world, and I think he he wants that to be like an upbeat ending. Like I think he wants that to be, and he acknowledges that, and I think the film is acknowledging that. It's still a horror. It's a negative thing, but it is a um, a real. It, it, it's a realization of a very negative emotion
3: in himself. Well, I mean, y- yeah, it's an interesting thing to watch somebody gain their like place and purpose yeah. through some real vile shit.
2: And I think that's what this movie is as well. Only instead of it being the scenario in Hereditary, it's, it's a
1: thing a that a happens movie. once every ninety nine years. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's.
2: I mean, and two of the things that are a real giveaway for me was in that interview with Jordan Peele. Uh-huh. He described it as a movie where someone leaves one codependent relationship for yep. another. Yep, yeah. exactly. And I yeah, think that, that sure. is very yeah, it's real, very that obvious. That you're not it. supposed to think, "Oh, she's everything's going to work yeah, out for her." No, now. Yeah, no, now. No, no, it's no, like, no, no, this, no. this is still bad. This is a hard, yeah. just yeah. a different yeah. kind of bad. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good.
3: Yeah, I think the movie was beautiful. I, I think that, I. Did you see it once or twice? Once. Yeah. Um, Liam
1: already saw it twice, so
3: I don't think I would watch it a second time. Really, the theater it didn't it didn't wow me to that level. Oh, um, yeah. If we want to talk about things, you know, not to d- uh, segue away from your awesome things, oh, but cool. but it b- it made me think of the fact that I just saw Last Black Man in San Francisco. Oh,
1: we loved it,
2: loved yeah. it,
3: and oh, we didn't had get to talk way about that More, that more yet, emotional right? oh. impact on me than Midsummer did.
1: Wow. Oh, I yeah. would I would agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah, it,
3: it was a much more lasting impression there. You know?
1: Yeah, and I thought that was equally beautiful. Interesting. I thought that was shot with an eye that was equally attentive to yeah. the things that I find to be very like stimulating and very like it was uh it wasn't as blown out, you right, know, right. as Midsummer was, which was intentional, but it was also just so thoughtfully orchestrated. I that thought
3: they did vignettes incredibly well. Yeah,
1: they really did. It was so beautiful. Just the way the whole thing was lit, like inside the house and everything. Yeah. Wow, that movie was wonderful. And like had like so many people, like Pam from Martin was on there yeah. and uh yep. Daewon song was in there, like yep. all these like weird like characters that you that we grew up being like, oh man, it's that person. Like it was and just at its core, it's a love letter to a city. And to me, that is a gorgeous endeavor. I think sure. the, I the, love the, that. The movie. relationship
3: between those two characters was massively powerful. And, yeah,
1: yeah, um, for sure.
3: And some of the poetic ways that they uh show things visually like the like the ending you Mm -hmm. know the The ending yeah the
1: running with the skateboards like that stuff like some
3: stuff that's visually poetic in a really really impressive way i actually think that the that the theater segment um in the middle of it yeah uh, which for for listeners the um the movie is really really great and it really is just about these two guys and their incredible friendship um supporting each other through, In the know, city, a city, yeah. A, a difficult moment. But the theater section, the, the obituary for the uh, one character that passes, the visual of it made me think that by itself it was a whole movie. It was yeah. like the way that they shot it, I, th- I felt like I could watch an entire movie of the theater that, setup alone. Sure.
1: Yeah. Dude, it's so it's good. Quietly powerful. I love that fucking movie. So that's going to be on my on track list as well. Last oh, Black yeah. man. Talk, I turn. didn't think we got I thought to talk yeah, about I it. thought that we did, but I guess we didn't. But yeah, that shit was uh, awesome. We
2: only I remember we talked about it very briefly
1: cuz we were going to do a review for Patreon and we never oh, did it. Though we never did. So, yeah. guess what, Patreon, you're getting it. Here.
0: <laughs> you're welcome. You're <laughs> it's, welcome. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's the awesome. the
2: only thing I want to say is oh, uh as is usual, this isn't the fault of the movie. The media response to it has been to lifting it up as like uh this uh, Discussion
1: of gentrification, which is n- totally not what it is.
3: Well, I think it's also that it's I an really element do think of it,
1: but I feel as though it's more about the relationship with them to each other in the city, and the gentrification aspect of it is a detail in the overall arc of the story.
3: To, to me, it's like this: if you we, we were talking about Conan earlier, one yeah. of my favorite films, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, is it a fantasy movie, or is it a movie about? Uh, is it a re- revenge movie set in a fantasy uh, locale? Mm-hmm. We, we gravitate so much to calling things easy stuff, like easy uh, 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 keywords, right? Uh, but it's really, really hard to define some stuff because it transcends, and that's, that's awesome. So, you know, it's difficult for me because I feel like it totally is about gentrification, mm-hmm. but that's the backdrop. San Francisco in this moment of sure. gentrification is, is the, the setting background. that yeah. this relationship drama happens against. Well, it's I, it's it linked into every component from the house, mm-hmm. but and I think it's, the it's in way, the way that yeah. they talk of the history of that all the way through.
2: But I think it's about the experience of gentrification. Absolutely. I think if you watched it to get an explanation yeah, of exactly. gentrification, you're not going to. That's what exactly. worried me. Is people were like, like literal titles. Yes. Yeah. Like last yeah. black man in San Francisco helps you understand gentrification. Right. No, no, no. It helps you understand. How it feels to be gentrified out of a neighborhood, right? It doesn't explain gentrification, yeah, because it, it never uses the term redlining. Right. It never talks about white supremacy it's directly. Not trying yeah. to teach you about gentrification, it's and I just think that's showing a, but that's the, the, the emotional prob- footprint I think, of I it. No, yeah. I agree. The problem agree. only becomes is that the narrative becomes... the same way that like you know, no one would say. I mean, Conan is a great example. I would even say Midsummer. You know, you couldn't watch Midsummer and say hey, I'm learning about y- traditional European religions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, I think that the issue for me with that was just this idea that like, um, and, uh, especially because it's always white media, oh, you don't understand justification. Watch a movie like this. Well, the movie is going to teach you a lot of things about that experience, right? but it's not a history lesson and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be the that responsibility of the art. That would make the movie the bad. Right. Yeah, yeah. The movie yeah, would yeah. actually be a less you're good not movie. You know,
3: yeah, you're yeah, watching, you're a watching a documentary. Yeah. you watching You're watching a narrative. Yeah. And it yeah, might, yeah. it might make you have conversations and ask questions and it right. should, like all art. All good art would. Should, yeah. 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 But it isn't the job of it to solve that conversation for you. It doesn't have a solution anyway. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's actually interesting. I want to, I'm going to show you guys a book uh, in a moment. Um,
1: other on track stuff. Other on track or whack? If you're ready, uh, to the well, no, uh, on track. I saw Spider Man: Far From Home. I also saw it, and I fucking loved it. I also really liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it, and uh, I'm not going to go f- too far into that. Just know, you know, it's a good time. I think it's. I think it's more kinetic and fun than it's than. It's um, the perfect palate cleanser after Endgame. Like you need a movie like that to come out next. I feel. To like yeah. get you back to like oh yeah these are also fun you that know what I mean big, like
3: that was my big question about it was it going to be more of an end game finale and less of a Spider Man I mean I
1: will say uh,
3: Sony
2: if I'm talking from a business standpoint the movie is a mistake for Sony because it's Sony being like sure let's do a little bit of character development but mostly wrap up this Marvel thing that we're not because the whole deal is supposed to be when Spider Man is in yeah. a Marvel movie. It's a Marvel movie. And when Spider-Man's in a Spider-Man movie, we're building our own world. It's related to your world, but we need to build our own brand.
3: You know that's not going to be the truth. No,
2: it's never I know it's never going to happen, but watching this, I thought, oh, they really lost the fight
3: this early on. I think they're just getting ready for a sale. I
2: that's gotta be what it is because it is one hundred don't get me wrong. It's one hundred percent a Marvel movie. It is it's one hundred percent the sequel to endgame that you need. Yeah. It is the thing that lets you know. Did the world continue after Endgame? Yes. Here's how. And this it's is what it looks still like. Still fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that doesn't make it less fun or awesome. It's great in every way. But I was thinking like, I really thought they were going to be like, okay, okay, you've had our dude <laughs> long enough. It's time for us to do our own thing. And without, if if anyone was like, I'm a Spider-Man fan and I don't, I want to watch this movie separate from all the other Marvel movies, you couldn't possibly do it. You could not possibly do it and get the full experience yeah. of the Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I totally I agree. get it. I agree. So, so I wanted
3: to bring this book in uh, as the, the other thing that was uh, on track. When we were talking about Last Man, uh, Black Man in San Francisco, it made me think about uh, this book. In a similar fashion, this is called gentrification horror you can see it in the quote oh the, wow the quotation sure, sure, sure. On the front. and this book is about um what's the name of the book Job? bottom feeders okay. bottom feeders which, which is uh, by an amazing duo ezra clayton daniels and ben passmore ben passmore is a a fantastic comic illustrator came up i believe from new Orleans, and uh, i think is in philly now um, nice. but i've been following his work he's he's literally a fantastic creator and I've been waiting for this book for a while. It's a complete mm-hmm. graphic novel in one, which is big for me. Yeah, it's like, like a movie that doesn't... all inclusive. Exactly. Yeah. Like, just read it. And about this <laughs> college girl that moves into a, a really shady building in the hood. And uh, the stuff that ensues there that is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's a horror movie. Right. It's got disgusting visual stuff. It's got a lot of uh, John Stanley's hardware and... Uh, Tetsuo, the Iron Man, and right. like, wow. Re, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, it's 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 got it's got the fly all over it. It's really creepy, right. insanely creepy, okay. and and really well done. But it's not about gentrification.
1: It's a horror movie with gentrification as
3: the background, super yeah. important to the plot. Right, right. And it does have a lot of discussions about characters' feelings on mm-hmm. gentrification. Right. But it isn't necessarily an answer. And I had a conversation with one customer about it where he felt that it didn't go far enough into that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I said, should that be the responsibility of the, the creators necessarily? Or should they be able to make a work that also features some of their thoughts? I think only
2: if they are putting themselves... So a place where the responsibility argument has been made, and I think it doesn't work because of how the people talk about the art, is the show Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. Because they keep saying... No, we did everything we could to be as close to realistic as possible. And they keep making that claim publicly. Then you watch the show, and the first detail of the show is Chernobyl fucking explodes. There's a big pillar of black fire in the sky. Uh-huh. Well, part of the story of Chernobyl is there was no big pillar. If there's a giant fucking biblical flame you know, <laughs> uh, tower, yeah. then people might go, hey, guys, I think this is bad. <laughs> I think this is a bad thing. But there wasn't, and that's uh-huh. why so many people were like, what do you think is going on over there? And they stood on, br- on the bridge, and they got irradiated, and they all died it within a couple weeks right. because it didn't look scary. But in the show, they make it look like hell. Now, if they were like, hey, guys, we dramatized a whole bunch of shit to make this more interesting, then who cares? If someone said I don't like Chernobyl because it's not historical, yeah, well they're telling you a story. It's the fact that every time they talk about the show, they go, "No, no, we did, ev- we made every effort oh, to, to make be historical." Yeah. Then you are responsible because you're telling us you're not letting us just absorb your art. You're directing your audience, guys. Just so you know, this was we all went the out shit of our happened. way to make yeah. it as realistic as. And then you read through and you're like, "Well, okay." First of all, don't make that claim because we don't need it. Uh-huh. It's based on history. It's not history. right? right. B, uh, you didn't. <laughs> and the choices you did make were not just to tell a cleaner narrative, which is usually why you have to change history, right? Uh-huh. It It is an ideological decision. You want it to be more scary. You want it to be more this. You want it, you know, uh, we want it to be like, okay, so a decision they made that I thought was pretty good is that there was actually a giant team of scientists that worked on this problem and made the case for uh, what they needed to do. It was like over a hundred scientists. They boiled all those hundred scientists down to one character. Honestly, that's probably a pretty good decision because the reality is there's too many fucking people. Even (laughs) if it was three people, that might not feeling like too many other people when you have so many other characters, whatever. Um, But like some of the decisions about uh, other ways that they told the story, they're ideological decisions. Right. Um, they're decisions that uh, don't actually just move the story forward; they give an impression on the audience. So just admit, like, yeah, we we dramatize the shit, man. Like, <laughs> we're telling you a compelling narrative. We're not just this Giving again. History, lesson. it's not yeah. a documentary. Um, so it's really about the claim that the folks make. I hear that. I hear that. You yeah. know what I mean? It's about what they say about it. Like,
3: um, I just I also think that that the huge component that I heard, without it being expressed by the customer, was that. There is, by all of us, so much built-in preconception when we come to yes, any product true. that no one else can really disabuse us of, to be completely honest. like Even if you told me specifically this isn't that conversation, mm-hmm. I'm still looking for what I'm looking for, and I'm going to see it where I see it. And if it looks like it, that's what it's I'm looking what for. It is. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, I think it's, it's difficult for you know, a creator to, to not have that knowledgeably be expected. Of mm. their customers, even if it, it's exactly against what they intend, they're like, you know what, right. this is what's going to happen. Yeah, hopefully people read interviews with us and whatnot and find out more. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah I feel that. So
1: oh, we we keep interrupting your whack. Oh, track. oh, uh, on track. I watched Stranger Things season three. It's good. I also did, and uh, I also liked it. I enjoyed I it. Too. I'm not going to go any further into that, just because everybody's it really. It was like Scooby Doo. Yeah, it was a good time. I enjoyed it very much. We made I Lonnie actually like, house uh, it in one weekend. It was
2: it's, great. it's getting a lot of response that it's the worst one. Uh, I disagree. Silly.
3: Yeah, I personally think it's the best. It's my one. Yeah, favorite I don't one know so about far. It. Season one was better, but season one was a different show.
1: Yeah, season one was also like the first. Like you are gonna, it it's show. gonna be a different thing for
2: me. So, for me, the other two seasons had points that felt like wheels were spinning. Right. Yeah, and this season, I felt like. Alright, here we go. We're doing <laughs> it. We're going at it. We're making it happen. And I loved that yeah. aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I mean, felt very kinetic. It, was, yeah. it, it, it was moved along quite fun. nicely. Yeah, it was it fun. It was
3: light-hearted. Yeah, for sure. It definitely felt like a cartoon. It was, I enjoyed it very much. Right. But it was so lightweight, kid gloves, Scooby-Doo funny. That it that. didn't
1: have any gravity to it. it
3: did no, feel. Y- there was no threat. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. There I'd was. Agree.
2: There is a feeling now where they're gonna have to kill a main character soon. Oh, yes yeah, that's yeah. unnecessary. I get that. No, I think I that's it. what's
3: yeah. gonna happen too. You're right, but it. know yeah, but post post here's Game of here's, Thrones world. You're
1: gonna have
2: to start yeah, killing people that yeah. people yeah. give a shit about. No, but this is, about <laughs> this is this <laughs> is what it is. But they've already introduced the edge, right? They keep last season and this season, there are characters who exist to matter, but also to die. Yeah, right. So. Uh, what's his name? Sean Aston. Uh huh. He was introduced just. To, I mean, I knew dude, from episode one of season two. I thought,
1: oh, oh gonna, that dude's gonna die. They're gonna kill my yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like oh. the dude in an airplane that's like, uh, or in um Hot Shots or whatever. And so this season they called Dead Meat. Yeah, that's this it.
2: season. Both of the people who died. Who uh uh-huh. Won't spoil for anyone. Right. I also was like, oh, those people are gonna have to die. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. getting to the point where it's like. If they do it again in season four, people are going to go, oh, Oh, this is a new character. They will die. And that's not going to work. So the only way to mess with that is Is going to have to be to kill a major character or have a season where nothing goes wrong and they just defeat evil for eight episodes. But guess what? People are going to be stoked on that. If they have a season where it's like, no, actually, we just kick ass this whole season. (laughs) What year? What
1: year will it be the next season? Maybe eighty eight or something. Like, yeah, hey, we'll just throw some nostalgia in here. They're and
2: just, like, just like, yeah, nineteen eighty eight. We just kicked the butt that whole summer. Yeah, we just killed the evil That's that actually, whole summer.
3: That, to be honest, that was one thing I was looking for this season. Yeah, yeah the, the the level of capability that. Uh, um, oh man, the uh, the the new little girl, um, eleven. No, no. Uh, what's name sister? Lucas' sister. Oh, sure, 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 sure. The the way that she's prepared. She's like, by the way, she's like Moon Girl from uh, Marvel Comics. Right, yeah. She's like just ready for all the things. (laughs) But the way that she's prepared Uh to deal with this weird shit I felt like all of them should, at this point, be like the Goonies and be prepared for this shit. It's weird that they're yeah, not. Yeah, that like,
1: they're not like. Wait a minute, weird shit might happen where's to us. Where is our proton yeah. pack
3: so that we can all go out in a jumpsuit together to yeah. deal with this? I do. Because we've, you know, Demogorgon. There, we got a thing for that. Yeah, we. Yo, there
2: are there there were a couple things this season where I thought at least one of y'all could pick up a stick. It, yeah. like there were scenes where people where characters did that, but not all the characters. Some of the characters are still like, yeah, like oh, shit, what know. do we do? And I'm like. You hit it. Like <laughs> you're only you have two options. You have three options technically. Hide, which they did some. Yeah. Then your other two options are die fight. Yeah. or fight. What'd you do last season?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or did you forget? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. think
2: I think they really set up I mean that's partly how I oh where I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, right. no. See, that's why I just yeah, said I, I watched agree. it and I yeah, enjoyed right. it. So it's it's really reaction. good though. Yeah, yeah. It is I really enjoyed good. it it's very much. I had a good time.
1: Yeah. And uh, whack, um I'm good. No whack.
2: You always, uh, Joe. Joe, do you have anything that we haven't talked about? Whacking on track. <laughs> uh, Just because we both kept jumping in with our own.
1: No, no, I did, it was. I, it's, I, it's, I a think I it it's a discussion, man. It's an it's it's a ebb and flow, baby. I'm um, into it. I'm here for it. Go ahead, Joe.
3: I the, you know, many comics, many movies. Um, I don't really think I'm. I'm. I'm kind of in the Josh positivity zone of not really having yeah, any man. Uh, whack. Dude, I appreciate that. Life is dope. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> too many things for me to be excited about. This that's other what comic I'm at the saying, end of the table, by the way, this one down here, Bad Weekend. Yeah, that's another thing that was. Oh boy. Yeah, you uh, like it? Oh, I'm Yo.
2: seeing that. That's a Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips yeah. joint. It's
3: actually a criminal graphic novel. Sure. Wow. But Liam loves contained. Criminal. Yeah, it's a criminal graphic novel, and it's a uh, Comic Con.
2: Oh sure. Ah. And
3: it is brilliant. It just came out, and I was like, I'm gonna sit with coffee with this this morning, and it was. Basically it. every
2: every Ed Brubaker Sean Phillips joint, I'm like, I'm 100 percent in.
3: I'm always in. But even when you're great at something, you can do better and not so great. And man, when they nail it, it's that good. That's well, awesome. so part I of <laughs> like part it's of just better than other comics. That's so
2: good. Yeah. Part of the reason I want to watch um, the new Wending
1: joint, where
2: Nicholas, Nicholas Winding
1: Refn, the TV show.
2: Yeah, what's he doing?
1: He's doing a TV show that's on Amazon. It's called Amazon, Too Old to Die Young.
2: Yeah. And the whole series is directed by Nicholas Winning Reffin and written mm-hmm. by Ed Brubaker. Nice. Yeah, And that's awesome. from what I understand, it is peak Reffin. Wow. So that is going to make some of y'all stoked, and that's going to make some of y'all say, no, Fuck thank that.
3: you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I love c-
1: me some We are clearly in the stoked pile of that. It'll of be that.
3: unique, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's our guy for a but little bit. I mean, bit. if yeah.
3: he's shooting a Brubaker written thing, that's gonna be great. That's my it exists.
1: Feeling. I haven't really heard anything about it then. Uh, from what I Other understand. Other than people being like, it's weird, but I'm like, yeah, no shit. Sense, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna yeah. watch it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. Wait, so is it my turn? Are you are you done, Joe? Yeah, yeah
2: sure. I mean, we covered a lot of stuff I did. I loved Midsummer, I loved uh, Spider Man. Spider Man Far From Home. Um uh what was the uh, Okay. So I'll jump into the uh music section. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. Oh. Do you have music no, you no, want go, to talk go, about? go 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 go. <laughs> uh there's <laughs> a new section uh section hate uh EP. Oh yeah. Uh three songs. Uh I was a little disappointed cuz I was hoping for an album. Uh-huh. But uh they're really good. They're really good songs. Um there's a new because we haven't recorded for a while. There's a new uh abusive power uh yeah. record that again is Got a little bit of a melodic tinge on it, which I was not expecting, and I'm kind of obsessed with it.
1: Okay. okay. Um, the new Magnitude record, Th- that hadn't come out by the time we. R- no, I guess last not, yeah. The new yeah, Magnitude that record thing is, is a fucking thrasher. Very, I love it. Very, yeah. very good. Heavy as fuck. Um, um, there was something else I wanted to mention. I've been really into this record by a band called um, Cabana Wear. I don't know anything about this band other than a friend of the show, Joe, DeCar- Joe DeCarolis, told me on Twitter that it was awesome, and I checked it out, and it's the ultimate summer record. I've been really into that.
2: I like that, that it's the ultimate.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super fun. Um, did we talk about the fact that the Cross Keys record is finished? You did not. Do you want to talk about The that Cross the Keys record is finished, and it's fucking tight as shit. <laughs>
2: If you don't say so
3: yourself. I love, if I may I say, say so. I love when you're your stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but uh, toot toot motherfuckers, this shit is going to be dope when it drops. So uh, we got picked up by uh, Hell-Minded Records in, in Trenton, New Jersey. Awesome. A uh, friend of the show, Joe Kazemka, has uh, graciously uh, decided to put out the record. We're putting out a one-sided 12-inch LP. Yeah. With all, the work, all the artwork is designed by Mr. Uh, Jeremy Dean, who did all the Kid Dynamite records and is now currently working for... Uh, exclusively the Grateful Dead and John Mayer, <laughs> which, okay, sure. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I'm really pumped on that. Is there any music stuff Dude, for you, Joe?
3: Congratulations. Thank you, sir. I can't, I can't wait, wait for, that. for you to hear it. Yeah, it's going to be really, great. really
1: fun. Yeah, I think it's really I good. Or one of those vinyls. Oh, yeah. You're gonna, there's three copies that are coming out that are going to be completely different there's a uh, record release only version, and then there's going to be. Uh, a uh, regular version and then one other special, a tape version. I don't know. It's, there's a lot of things. Yeah. I have to shoot a rock video. I have to shoot two rock videos. Are you serious? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's Are they gonna be happening. funny? I hope so. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Kind of have but, to. Be you know. funny. We'll see what, what, is there any music stuff that you're, you're oh yeah, yeah, on?
3: no, I just, I forgot that, uh, I've been listening real hardcore to change the music vibe up completely hip hop wise, uh, Mad Lib and Freddie Gibbs.
0: Just yes. Oh dude, Freddie Thank Gibbs you. and Mad Lib. Uh, that record is so good. And I, I was so trying, I was like, there was good. something
3: else that came out that I was really stoked though. Bandana yeah. Cha- I, 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 I love, love that, that album, thing. Man. Yeah. It's so fucking good. I've been waiting for years for it after Pinata and I was like, this is, this is great. So I, I ordered myself I one of the Freddie special Gibbs. edition vinyls. And oh, did this, you? I, I just wanted to share this moment with you guys. So uh, I order it, and I'm super excited about it. And I'm like, look at the release date. Oh, my God, I'm going to get this special edition final and blah, blah, blah. And uh, then a, a week passes, and i like, I still haven't seen it in the mail. There's no confirmation email. You know, my fan meter is really going off. The, yeah. th- I don't do this for many things at no, all.
1: No, no, no. But it I just feels don't good get when this it happens. Of, yeah. yeah.
3: So I'm like, oh, you know, I, I'll, I'll wait. I'll, you know, let me be patient. A second week goes by. It's oh. two weeks now jesus christ right what's going on so i, I sent him an email it's a real friendly email hey guys you know i'm missing this album blah 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 they sent me back the most i'm really really sorry to know that they've gotten this many emails response Whoa. like they must have heard this five million times Jeez. and you're just like like it says at this point on the website if you <laughs> order after this point it ships by this point i was like man you messed it up i'm sorry yeah <laughs> like hey. literally i sent back the email i'm I'm sorry. I'm just going <laughs> to wait for my album. <laughs> and I realized that, you know, if a big hit album comes out, if something that people are excited about, I can't imagine being on the other end of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wait, did you get it, though?
3: No, it's still in the mail. God damn. <laughs> oh my God. But it's worth <laughs> it because it's a fantastic yeah. album. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on, it, yeah. The
2: only other thing I forgot was... Um, uh, uh, the new Amygdala record came Oh, yeah, that band rules. Yeah, I got the special with the shirt. Shirt's also sick. Nice. Uh, nice. So I played a show with them once. Yeah, yeah, they're really really nice. yeah. yeah. nice, yeah. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, they're sort of like... Um, it's interesting, because they have kind of like a political, crusty vibe. Yeah, but, but it's But then also the music like is kind of like metal-influenced emo core, you know, yeah. screamo sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're all... Latinx, mostly yeah. Mexican from, they're Texas, from Texas. Yeah, they're awesome. On the border, and a lot of their music is super about immigration and feminism, and they're very sort of anarcho. And honestly, there's a lot of Latinx sort of political bands that have yeah. this punk vibe that came from the screamo scene. Right. For those of but you
1: like switch to like spikes and mohawks. Oh yeah. Yeah. And
2: part of that happened because I don't. If you guys. I don't know how plugged into the internet listeners are. (laughs) You may have missed the great emo riots of Mexico City. In which... uh, What? That was a thing?
3: The what?
0: I didn't know You guys don't know about this? No,
2: Liam. Oh, man. Go on YouTube. Yeah. Look up emo riots (laughs) or emo protests, Mexico. How can you be emo and riot? Well, so what actually (laughs) happened is uh, young emo youth Uh held rallies to say, we're sick of being murdered. Oh, for oh. being emo. <laughs> and then a bunch of metalheads, rockabillies, and fascists showed up and said, I'm going to beat you to death in the street.
3: You're fucking kidding Holy me.
2: shit. Oh, yeah. These videos are quite upsetting. Wow. Uh, Yeah, it's a thing. And so... Uh, when,
3: when, when did this thing that I'm completely oblivious five to... Five or six years ago was a no, thing? No, shit. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. What I'll do is I don't. I feel you know, massively ignorant. <laughs> yeah. Is, no, this is one of those things where I gotta like do some more research. So we'll okay, do that. And All right. we'll, Circle I'll back about to it. it. It's one of those things that when it ha- oh it came up. I just put emo riots and the first thing that came up was Mexico emo riots.
3: Jesus Christ! I can't uh, imagine there's that many uh, different things that had come up. Two two thousand eight May twenty seventh wow. two thousand eight.
2: Uh, Wired headline. Anti-emo riots break out across Mexico. Jesus Christ. Anti-emo mobs in, riots. So mobs in Mexico, April and 1st, 2008.
1: I'm assuming they're talking about Thursday and not embrace. I'm assuming they're talking about like 2008. You are, you are so beyond...
2: By 2008, Thursday isn't even really relevant. Oh, yeah. I'm so old. I'm so sorry. Yeah,
1: go on. See, Uh, Bob's in Mexico
2: attack fans of emo music. NPR, April 1st, 2008. Wow. Wow. Anti emo riots, blah, blah, blah. So, from what I understand, this is like a popular history. I don't know how accurate this is. But what I've been told is a bunch of these emo kids got politicized
1: from that shit. And then turned into these crusty punk like anarcho-environment, you know
2: what I mean? Yeah, Feminist. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because a lot of the, I mean, let's well, be clear, a lot of the, lash, the backlash against them for being quote-unquote emo is basically heteronormativity. yeah, it's yeah. It's basically, yeah. you look gay, so, so I'm going to beat you up. Yeah. Which, by the way what the fuck why do you d- it's already
1: crazy it's already it's crazy. already yeah, crazy yeah,
2: yeah. and then the fact that it was at huge numbers like th- the videos i saw were from mexico city and it was upsetting it was something i clicked on thinking oh this will be <laughs> weird i'm sure it's <laughs> fine it's certainly not going to be upsetting and lo and it behold was upsetting yeah you were it upset. was very upsetting so wow. um i my understanding i guess is that bands like amygdala maybe not amygdala because they're more based in Texas, but they have relationships with bands that are over the border. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, I it, they brought up, and I should mention this, um, a couple of bands that were on tour from Mexico were recently denied reentry to America. Oh, wow. They toured up through the U.S. into Canada, and then when they tried to cross back were denied re-entry. Jesus. So that means they had to like get people to come get their van to return to the rental. They had Whoa. to pay for plane tickets home, whatever, whatever. So if you're a fan of any Mexican bands, I mean, maybe we have listeners who don't even know if there are touring mm-hmm. Mexican bands, but if you're a fan of some of these bands, just you know, do a quick Google search, throw them some money. They all had Kickstarters, because it's like if you rented a car in San Diego and then I you're stranded mean, in Toronto, guess yeah. what?
1: That's going to cost you Money. Yeah. money, yeah, a lot of money, more than any shitty like punk band typically can make. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. So wow, anyways, no shit. I'll
2: say that's whack. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I I will say on track. This is gonna go up after the fact, but my wife, um, sort of one day, just said to me, "All this I- detention center stuff is fucking making me upset." Uh huh. And I had to agree, and I was feeling pretty upset about it too. And she said, I'm just going to put something out on Facebook and see if people want to, like, get together and talk about it. And so within a week, that became a meeting. And then that meeting turned into an event. And now this week, they're having this, like, anti-detention center event in Easton. And maybe no one's going to come or maybe a lot of people are going to come.
1: I don't know. And Susan is the orchestrator of this.
2: Yeah. I mean, in concert with a lot of other people. Like, she was quick to, you know, be clear about that. And there was already people working on it. But really the finalization of that plan you know and it was yeah. like all I mean honestly if I was someone who used this sort of language it felt very like provident right like yeah, yeah, she yeah. gets people together at the church to talk about it she hits up city hall we kind of want to do this thing but we know it's really soon and they go oh someone already got a permit for that oh wow she hits up the permit people they go yeah we wanted to do something but we didn't know if we had time but we knew it would be a pain in the butt to get a permit so we got one why are you organized and she, yeah okay you use our permit
1: wow it was crazy just stuff
2: like that falling into place yeah so
1: how fortuitous
2: i just that's on track <laughs> just because a lot of times when you try to do something it doesn't all work out right like it's a real pain and lo and so
1: behold it all just kind of fell together for susan in much respects. i mean it's still a lot of work i don't yeah. want
2: i don't be like it was so easy was yeah not, she uh, just kind of swept it together but uh but i just that was a big on track for me is watching her awesome her congratulations congratulations susan, yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's so
3: really cool that's
2: about all I got. No, uh, you know
1: what's weird? Nothing whack. Nothing whack. Me. Yo, riding the positivity oh,
2: tip. nope. I'm going
1: to say something. Oh wack. man, you just got to fuck it up.
2: Here we go. I finally watched Assassination
3: Nation.
1: Oh, not feeling it.
2: A bunch of people told me Wait, watched it? Yeah, I finally watched
3: it. Wait, Assassination Nation
2: is a yeah. is a is a movie. Was That's it, only was weird because
3: there's a comic right now called Assassin Nation.
2: Oh no, this is called Assassination Nation. Yeah. And uh it's real bad, and I'm <laughs> really mad at all the people who told me. I, it's one of those movies that a lot of people will tell you, hey, yeah, I know that like the common consensus content. is that yeah. this is bad, but I'm telling you the real deal is that it's actually good. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to these people. I'm going to give it a chance, and I'm officially mad at all of you. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs>
0: okay,
2: So that's my whack. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk, gonna about, talk about
1: these kung fu movies with Joe Turner. All right, we'll be
0: After right back. the
2: break.
4: Oh, my Shakti. Ach, Beli Education. 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 They go in one way and they come out crazy. Beast preparatory school, emperors and conquerors, pharaohs and followers, goblins and monsters, stone heart jewels and gold for the fools, the bones of the innocent as buckles on their boots. Jail overcrowded they emptied out the school see the devil twitching is itching from the truth strange fruit cyanide souffle and soup it's tasty for a few a murder for the group a dead end street with a lemonade stand where is the sky and upside down land that question is hard if you can't see the stars i'm really not sure ask me tomorrow i may not be here i'm feeling like i might just leave before i start a fire or a fight or both not nah, son i couldn't just chill everybody giggling that kid was getting killed and i knew when i stood they would turn on me and i don't need no more trouble with my sleep so i did what i did and that's what it is tell the sheriff and the deputy i don't give a fick. to my mama and my kin and all of y'all and them it's like this get free and stay sick and that's it and education <laughs>
5: Onlookers and listeners, visitors, keeping the consumption conspicuous. Kids graduating from public schools and prisoners. Underprivileged, aboriginal, indigenous. Sent images of their family that got adopted. The president of some non-profits is out of pocket. I heard the world ending this trend and I try to watch it. I focus on sin when winning was not an option. The system we compete against is farm to table, hand picking them ingredients. Civil disobedience, encyclopedia definition of greediness gluttony. Please take heed of who you treaty with. Me, Freddy, Flocko, and shock. Never forgot, though, that Plymouth Rock landed on top of New Morocco. Couldn't see who was firing shots. The shooter got low and left a burning cross on the lawn, just like a pothole. I may not be here. I'm feeling like I might just leave before I start a fire or a fight. They say it in six bands. I hire for the flight. So I may be a hitman for higher for the night. If you're than this man's maniacal, you're right. All codes on a wristband. It's not an old Oversight. they intentionally expand probably the extra extradite if you want to play blind just look straight into the light the puppeteers playing you for spite and worldwide what we're paying is the price and, and that's life. life
3: and education
1: and we're back <laughs> <laughs> we're back with joe
3: outtakes and- are hilarious when uh, they aren't uh- recorded
1: they're so much funnier. Lord knows, we just said the funniest shit ever that you'll never hear. No, listeners. None of that was funny. None of it was funny, except that all of it was funny. So, Joe, talk to us about your history with these kung fu movies.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, kung fu movies, it got to me in, in a weird way because um, I grew up in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And my mom used to take me to Chinatown in Manhattan for vegetarian Chinese. We, used, we were vegetarian when I was a kid for a lot of years. Right. And uh, it was a big treat because we didn't dine out because we were poor. And it was just me and my mom. Single uh, single mom, only child. Mm. I, one of the things I always found down there was the newsstands had all of the uh, Asian comic books. Um, and the combination of that with, like, you know, the, here to be Channel 57, but in every mm-hmm. city there's, there would have been a station the, that was playing that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the combination of the comic books, actually with the movies. So
1: we're talking about books like Buddha's Palm, like this kind of... Oh, you know all about the J-Man stuff. I know about a couple things here Jade and there. J-Man
3: comics was a godsend for me that because it was... awesome, like yeah. I had just found independent comics in 89. In in right, right, I just found more than Ninja Turtles. I went more than Tank Girl. I went deeper than that and found yeah. all this obscure shit. But finding Asian comic books about martial art movies that never happened, like like stories I'd never heard about. Sure. These yeah. are amazing. Forget about X-Men. Right. They don't hold a candle to this stuff. So <laughs> yeah. while you watch a movie, this is really important. While you watch a movie, uh-huh. it's only in your mind afterwards. You don't keep watching it. Right. I had comic books sitting around me all the time. So my kung fu movies were always around me.
1: Right, right. I just right. kept
3: seeing them and flipping through the pages, even if I, it wasn't on TV. Mm. And uh, I didn't realize how burned into my mind it got until years later when I was quoting names of kung fu movies. and People were like, how do you know this shit? <laughs> And I started collecting again, and then I started wanting to share it with people.
1: That's awesome, man. So that that's the one thing that I always admire about you, Joe, is the fact that um, the treasures that you find are not yours, that you truly value them once sure. you yeah. indulge them to
3: other people. I'm not the only. Look at you guys. You're doing yeah. fucking cases. I'm saying, man, yeah. we, we, we
1: chose you because, you know, you can do that for us. I really, really, really
3: us. enjoy feeling somebody else say, I like this or I don't like this, but at least having some kind of like... they they get the opportunity to make that choice. Yeah. And they right. would never have found it if they hadn't walked past a billboard. And you're like, I get to be that billboard. Yeah. It's awesome. It's a gift
1: g- that is rare. You do realize. Aww. especially It's rare in, in a day and age when people are really concerned with gatekeeping and really like, you know... The, well, you, you share stuff because you
2: want to impress or win people. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah.
1: about controlling,
2: to some extent, the response to the thing mm-hmm. instead of like...
1: Just sharing, just the joy, sharing it, yeah. and allowing
2: people to respond as they're led to
3: respond. Wait, are you saying that you guys don't like me more because I did this? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. No, it's, Joe, it's, it's one of
1: the things out. that I truly have like admired about you for all the years of our friendship. Well, we got to start and, uh, talking
3: about this because I want to hear what you guys thought about these movies. You don't understand, like, uh, not just <laughs> sharing with you, but now I want to. Right? Hear it. I'm yeah. So let's, so let's get
1: into it. Why did you pick these two movies?
3: Uh, okay, because. First, neither of them had been in the hip hop action cinema movie series that I had been doing. Mm-hmm. So they were both movies that would have been in that list. Right. And were would on you? What?
1: Well, can we talk about the synergy between hip hop and kung fu cinema? Is is that a thing that like? There's a lot of conversations. That will to have derail there. the whole. I did, but I, Why are it,
3: you derailing me? Because it's a curiosity
1: episode. that I have no filter for,
2: Leo. You Liam. need a whole. Ep- you okay? I get it. it. It's you like know? it's like you interrupted the thing to be like. By the way, can you explain to me the history of uh, Chinese religious ideas? Let me let me just c- as a an aside, <laughs> and then we'll come back to the <laughs> movie.
3: Only beca- you're absolutely right. Only because I did this for the event series can uh-huh. I do it uh, succinctly because I talk forever. Uh, long story short, martial arts movies are the only non-white right. action movies right. ever okay. made on any kind of a large scale continuously with any production value. And so brown people around the world have really only had them as the idea of what non-white Action. heroes look like. And, yeah. and a lot of the ideals that go along with martial arts, specifically, not just because the stories are about poor people, because they are, largely, mm-hmm. the heroes right. are poor people.
2: And a lot of like anti uh Anti-government, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
3: Yeah. So the righteousness that goes along with that really works for marginalized people around the world. Mm-hmm. I understood that hip-hop was doing the same thing for me before i understood the connection between the 2 art r-forms and once i then got invested in well it makes sense i saw a lot of other people thought the same thing Mm -hmm. and not just wu-tang clan but there were a lot of other a lot of other connections mostly aesthetic mostly mostly not direct not just sampling in a in a hip-hop track or anything but like the way people dressed like
1: Ru, the
2: damage
3: you know there's there's all these small little connections here and there and
2: you also got to think about the timing, right? So yeah, 1970, 1973, mm-hmm. King Boxer, Enter the Dragon. Um, Do you know your history? Uh, f- uh, what's the other one? Basically, uh, these three Kung Fu movies that come out the summer of 1973 uh-huh. become the first international films to dominate the U.S. box office in
3: U.S. box office history. And they're not even in major theaters. Yeah, Which wow. is even more like yeah, just bizarre. They,
2: they they make more money that summer than subsequent Kung Fu movies would make in America ever. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, they destroyed Hollywood that year. Right. And the part of the reason for the explosion, especially of these kinds of Kung Fu movies, is because of that American box office. Because those, mo- those movies came... They dominated the conversation. They basically made Bruce Lee sort of a star and then he passed away. But, you know, that they sort of bumped up his cred. And I'm sure some of that came from him being on the Green Hornet. There was some Mm. interest there. But that summer it exploded. That's... 1973 is perfect timing for then this wave to come through that continued to stay in grindhouse theaters, continued to stay in these smaller houses. So they had a huge impact on urban life because they were there all the time. If you're going to go, I mean, half the time you're going to Times Square, there's going to be horror, porn, kung fu. That's what you're going to see. There might be a western. There Uh might be some other sort of whatever. But the dominant force in a lot of grindhouse theaters across the country is going to be kung fu for the next decade at
3: least. One of the really important things about it is they were cheap. And they were cheap not because they were cheap to make. They were cheap because they had already made their money. Um, so if you really think about it, a subsidized industry is the is the, the hallmark of getting things to lower income folks. Right. Um, if it's already been sold and it's already been its money and you can sell it at a discount. Now, specifically, that's going to become the discount brand by it being the discount brand. Poor people can get to it um, when it came to the U.S. It was already a discount brand mm. because it had already made its money and it synchronized really specifically with the conversation. Uh, post-Korea, uh, Korean right. War right. of, uh, um, you know, freedoms in America specifically being addressed by uh, culture warriors. You know, there, there were people that were organized in their uh, whether they were on college campuses or in the streets. Mm. And so the, 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 the consensus was what you're making in Hollywood doesn't represent the needs of the people. So you can't entertain me very well with this product. Mm -hmm. what am i left with i'm left with the things that can empower me there's very few of them you have black exploitation you have uh, martial arts movies grindhouse and horror came in there riding the wave of the the cheap to produce because the technology was increasing and becoming really egalitarian but Mm -hmm. this stuff it got here already discounted and Mm -hmm. made not at a discount at all which is the great part about it it actually had production value you yeah. know, even if it was a decade late, it was still this is, this is surprising. You could never get these things. Just imagine, and I say this in action cinema when I'm uh, uh, talking to people, you've never seen a a, a, a film culture because black exploitation is not it at all. It's specifically exploitation. You've never seen a film decade mm-hmm. that included revolutionary minded Americans as your heroes. It's right. never happened. Right. You can't get the Black Panthers as cowboys and Indians. It's never going to happen. So and everything that you can think of as a hero is not just a white person, but it's specifically a culturalized superior over some other force that's inferior. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get the representation of Brown the way that you really need it. And if it does happen, it isn't consistent. Right. So when you get it, you don't get it again. So you hold on to it. You wait yeah. a decade, maybe you get it again. Kung Fu movies was, it was like this blunderbuss of shot. You got an entire culture mm-hmm. in a decade. It wasn't one, two movies. No. It wasn't it was five. It was, you know, as many as you can stomach. And most mm-hmm. of them were not that good. But the ones that hit hit pretty hard. They hit well, re- you know, they had And, stand and part
2: of the cultural shift that happened too is prior to certain directors in Hong Kong, a lot of Hong Kong directors were still making movies for the mainland.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And a bunch of directors said Uh, If we change our language and we change our themes, we'll hit the international audience. What do you mean international? No one watches Kung Fu. Well, there's this thing called the diaspora. And funny (laughs) enough, by the 70s, Chinese people live everywhere. So if we make movies that will play to the people who left during the Cultural Revolution, guess what? They'll watch them in whatever fucking country we send them to. And that was an insight that made them for a while all the money in the world. There's actually a
3: really interesting conversation between the two uh, flicks that I chose. So you said, why did I choose them? There were a number of different reasons. They are really representative of different types of Of, martial arts movies. Yeah, Um, for sure. And one is specifically a mainland production. One is a Shaw Brothers, so a Hong Kong production. Um, one of the big distinctions between the two is the production value and the way that it 's represented so in you know in the in the uh, 50s 60s Shaw was becoming you know mega powerful because they didn 't have any competition in right. the same way as any other Hollywood studio. They just had an island that was theirs, yeah. that was literally a city that they just rebuilt the all the buildings, all the props you see it 's all built there by the carpenters that live there, all the actors live there they come and go and see their families maybe once a month but that's all real, and they just yeah. keep redoing. It. Nobody could compete with that when right. you're making a movie. That's pretty it's, awesome. What you gonna, where do yeah, you yeah, yeah. shoot that's like that? It's right. some
1: wild, like, yeah, fantasy island kind you, of stuff. Nobody's yeah. got that kind of thing, yeah.
3: But then later, what happened, uh, when you go into the 70s the mainland started being able to shoot on locations that the Shaw would never be able to show, even on their island. You'd be, sure. You you know, started getting Shaolin temples and stuff that were authentic, and you could get monks in them and shoot in those locations with better cameras. Mm-hmm. And without the same controls that you have on an island that's yours, but you can make some beautiful films. So Holy Robe is a mainland production, and in places, it's rough as hell. Yeah. Like like the, a lot of those desert scenes. The are, horse
1: scenes and stuff, yeah. They're
3: edited together all kinds of sloppily. Um, but you also get these locations that are super authentic. The temples and right. stuff. Right. Yeah, even the, Even yeah. little towns, the little villages, mm-hmm. they're like so rough that you're like, why would you shoot here? But, you know, somebody probably lived there. It was easy to shoot there. Yeah, um, word. So, they, uh, you know, they're very different types of films. Also, a uh, key to distinctions is heroes. A lot of times right. in... Martial arts movies, we were talking about, you get righteous heroes. Mm-hmm. Righteous heroes are awesome. You want to see heroes win. Great. But they're not always as interesting as anti-heroes.
1: Right. And yeah.
3: Shaw Brothers Studios having so much, op- I want to say opportunity in terms of script writing, because they had novelists and so on doing their script writing. Um, they were able to do things that were like Life Gamble, more of a crime fiction. Okay. It, I, I don't think of Life Gamble really as a martial arts movie. I think of it as a Western
1: it feels like a noir to me. It feels like one of those, like, there rich you go. Turn a Western you heist movie. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. With, that's just set in medieval China. Okay. If you take the it that only, way, it's a different movie. The only part
2: of it that makes it feel like a martial arts movie to me
1: is the daggers is, and stuff.
2: Well, yeah, every character has a gimmick. Yeah. And their gimmick is both their fighting style, but it's also their character trait. <laughs> everyone's character is also related to what weird weapon they have coming that you don't know. It's is representative. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That yeah. part I was like, it was so stylized. Right. And after a while I was like, is this a satire? Are we watching a satire? No, I don't even know what's going like on right now. It,
3: it follows every rule so perfectly and so cleanly mm-hmm. that the characters don't need names. You notice that, went, I don't know which version you watch, but they have many remasters because of Shaw Brothers. Um, none of the characters, when they're introduced, need to be introduced by their names. They can be introduced by their title. If you're whip, so on and so forth, or sharp sword, so on and so forth, or, you know, a... Uh, uh, you see, every character has a name. Mm-hmm. They don't need their character names; they just need their placeholders, and it works almost Shakespearean in that in that sense. Because right. they, they, like you said, their weapons represent who they are. They're there for a purpose, mm-hmm. and yeah. they play their roles out, and that's it. There's not really characters. I have a, I have
2: a lot of daggers. <laughs> I also have daggers, but mine are large. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? The thing that holds the daggers also a dagger.
3: <laughs> that was that was a great moment. Also, the shootout. Yeah. The, the, the pistol shootout between yeah. the knife guys. I'm like, this is this is brilliant. Okay, and this is
2: 1979. Let's let's jump in here. Okay. Right. We're going right. to start, yeah. start, start with Holy, Holy Robe of the Holy Shaolin Roe.
3: Temple, which is 1985. All right. What? All right. Let, for the people who have oh, seen Oh, by this. the way, uh, Holy Robe of the Shaolin Temple is widely known by its re-release title on the packaging, which is uh, Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang 2, Wu-Tang Invasion. Uh, oh, wow. Which actually, interestingly, does have a nice plot. Connection to the story, so it's not sure. some random name, sure. mm-hmm. but also is not a sequel at, at, at in any way to Shaolin and Wu Tang. So
2: what's we'll funny? Ahead. What's funny watching this is realizing that this was a movie that featured both Shaolin and Wu Tang. Yeah. There was a part of me that was like, "Is someone gonna say something that's on a Wu Tang album at some point?" <laughs> so the whole time I was watching, it, I was going, "No, not yet. No, not yet."
3: <laughs> it actually has been sampled by Wu Tang. Has it? Has oh, it. I missed it. Oh, man. Well, the whole time I mean, the I was version listening that we for saw
1: it. wasn't dubbed. Oh, that's right. We didn't watch the it. The version we saw was in the er, original. Yeah,
2: that's right. With the subtitles. So I guess I was trying to look for coinciding with the subtitles, which wouldn't work. It's another yeah.
3: problem with that movie is because it hasn't been re-released a bunch of times. There isn't a good dub. There's, I mean, most of the copies out there are pretty fucking grainy.
1: Are you one of those purists that prefer the original language track, or do you have no problem with that oh, version?
3: you know, this is actually something I was talking to somebody about in a completely different front on a Netflix show recently. Um I believe that everything should be watched in its original language for one reason. Mm -hmm. No dub over voice actors will be directed in the same way to be able to give the same performance. They'll give a different performance, Mm -hmm. and therefore I'm not watching the same piece. So a lot of times, you know, minor inflections that are Mm -hmm. cultural to an actor can't be re-delivered by somebody that isn't from the same culture, Mm -hmm. even if they're doing a different language. So, yeah, I'm not a purist. I just, I think... You it get what it is. away yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes something away from the dub.
2: I still prefer the dub from the 1980s of Akira. I'm just putting that out there.
3: <laughs> Although martial arts movies, I'll say that often the dubs are so much fucking fun. Also, that's true. part of the fun. Yeah. Depending yeah, on the I'm movie I'm a big fan of that. Like, yeah. the, the fun part.
2: Like, like I said, I watched the Blu-ray re-release of Akira, and they redid the dubs. Yeah, and I was like, I don't need to hear these names pronounced correctly. It's true. <laughs> You got this guy with a perfect American accent giving me the actual Japanese pronunciations (laughs) with dialogue that actually works for the scene. And I'm going, what happened to that? Because you had 30 years to love the original. I'm going to wipe this guy all over the street. Get a hold of yourself. Everyone's inflection of their English doesn't make sense because it has to cover the time. Get a
0: hold of yourself. (laughs)
2: I just, I'm sorry. (laughs) There are large sections of Akira where I can actually quote the 80s dub. Of course. Because I've watched it so many times and it's so weird. Every part where someone stretches how they're talking to fit in a Uh, way that is completely inhuman imprinted itself onto my brain. And I just, (laughs) I literally just, when we do something else, all of a sudden I'll just think in my head, get a hold of yourself. And I'll just start laughing because I just fucking love it so
1: much. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. sorry. That was a
2: really weird aside. Let's talk about, okay, Holy Robe of Shaolin.
3: Okay. Holy Robe of the Shaolin Temple. Yeah. Of the Shaolin Temple. Shaolin Temple. So, do you know what the Holy Robe... Yeah. yeah, 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 Let's Let's start with... with, What is this movie about? Let's do a little
1: synopsis. Go
3: ahead. So, uh, the government uh, really doesn't like Shaolin's independence and the fact that they have, like, pseudo-military might... And mm-hmm. to take over the interests of the temple, they seek to put an uh, imposter in uh, place scab, as the abbot. That guy had trained at the Shaolin Temple years before and was a traitor, mm-hmm. and now works with the government. Um, the Shaolin obviously say no. There's a lot of hand-wringing and battling, and then the temple is besieged. And to save the temple... The abbot sends away the number one student with the holy robe of the Shaolin Temple, which is Damo, the, the originator of the Shaolin Temples, the, the um, uh, Indian monk that came up. In China. Uh, it's Damo's robe that signified his sure. becoming a Shaolin. Anyway, so take the robe and run away and make sure that the bad guys don't get it because without the robe, you can't technically take power in the ceremony and become the abbot. And so you're going to be able to keep the bad guy from taking over the temple. Mm-hmm. So he runs away, and he runs away for a long time with a few friends, and then a lot of adventuring, and then he comes back to face S- off against the Spend some on.
2: time. There's some stuff going on with Mongolian horse <laughs> razors. <laughs> Dude. That horse they're, stuff and they're comes... And their tough daughters. Yeah.
3: wise that's an awesome sequence. It's so cool. But it's not shot very well. Yeah, no. I mean, I
2: get that just doing anything with that many horses is dangerous, so I think I'm supposed to be like, oh, look, no one got trampled to death. Good yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. But, the so camera so work is bad. Yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: for it's bad. sure. It's really bad.
1: And there's a lot of people catching fire in this movie.
3: Oh, that, there's know. some... Okay, so there's some tear-inducing moments in this movie. Yes, for like sure. Like, for, for a kung fu movie, this shit's got teeth.
1: It really does have, like, a huge emotional impact. And, like, the one when when the, the original Abbott goes and walks into the fire, that, and then the dude goes after him, it's like, what the shit?
2: Well, and I don't want to play down that this plays with you know, this perceived idea of different schools of Kung Fu, their rivalry and whatever, because this Shaolin monk finds himself at Wu-Tang mm-hmm. and, or Wu-Dang
3: or whatever it is. W- Dan Mountain is yeah. the, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and so he finds himself at the temple and the abbot there not only protects him, but knowing that the monk who is the bad guy has studied their style, has Shaolin, he reveals yeah. it to this dude. And the dude's response, I thought this was so... Of a certain style of Kung Fu for him to go, no, 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 don't show me. That's an unfair advantage. You're he giving says, me I an unfair. can't take
3: your advantage.
2: Yeah. yeah, you're, yeah. You're, and the guy says, no, no, this is for justice. Yeah. yeah. So therefore, it's justified. Win. And I yeah. was like... Yo! Yes. <laughs> it's so such cool. a it's such a moment that only works within the context of this history of kung fu and the importance of schools and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. as someone who's watched not a lot, but a few of these movies, I was like, yo, that's so sick. yeah, yeah I'll, I'll yeah, also yeah. say
3: that the direction on a lot of the emotional sequences, like when the villain comes mm-hmm. to the Wudan mountain is actually incredibly tight and like mm. really makes you feel the story. You just don't expect the level of you know depth for, uh, not from the actors but from the entire scene. Uh, so for the you know for anybody listening, Eventually, the hero running around all these other places like, I need to galvanize some support, and winds up on the run in disguise with the horse trader's daughter, who's yeah. now the, the 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 second in the story, uh, to the Wudan Mountain. They accept the men, like you say. And then when the villain shows up, they go, well, you know, we'll figure out what we want to do. And the villain says, either put them out or we attack. Yeah. The sequence then, because the Wudan abbot was also the master of the villain when the villain studied at Wudan because he studied at Shaolin and And at Wudan. Wudan. So when the abbot realizes it's his previous uh, uh, student, student, he's deeply hurt how can it's you work for the government yeah, 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 and try yeah. to break into a temple and demand that we do the? This yeah. is a place of, of worship. And, like, you know these things. Why would you defile it in this way? Just come here with some respect. So you, in the smallest moments, right before a great fight sequence, yeah. you're like, okay, there's a reason for this again, right?
2: I will but say. Then, and then I will he say, tells
1: them, like, yeah, they're here. Well, yeah, because he's like, I'm not going to so hide them so good
2: i uh, i will say there is something very in my mind mainland about this sort of rebellion we're looking at here mm-hmm. everyone is skeptical not of the emperor uh but it's of, of the, this general yeah. and in fact when they are challenging the general who's clearly a monster yeah they're like they, we're going to part of their challenge is yeah. like well the emperor is good i'll yeah. just go talk to the emperor yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. is such that is, to me, especially at this time, there's this thing of like honoring our cultural past and the emperor is part of our past. And so well, there's, there's this idea of like, yeah. how do we have the government as a villain right. without implicating the emperor? Well, well this general's doing his own thing and the emperor's back and doesn't and even know what's happening. that's a regular plot element yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, that, and, that's really not, people don't talk about it often enough, but the Shaolin are not just revolutionaries. They're actually devoutly patriotic in these films. Right. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, why Why can we not do the good things for the nation because some power-hungry, you know, lunatic is working with people from outside the country to take over our temple. Like, why?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that is a weird thing to, to consider. Like the staunch nationalism of the Shaolin. <laughs> like, because in the end scene, he's doing the, we'll do it for the people, we'll do it for the country. Like that whole rhetoric is so rife in the last scene, in the right. big fight sequence at the end. I mean, and it is in the relationship with the daughter too. Still. Yeah,
2: it's yeah. there's not uh, uh, it would it's it would be rare in Hong Kong. There's certainly not going to be a mainland film that's like, I don't know, maybe Devotion to Nation is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, that's a good point. That's not on the list of to-dos. Right, you know right, I mean? right, right, right. Um, and even in Hong Kong, where I think some of those Hong Kong movies, part of the anxiety about these anti-government pots is their feeling of like, we are we are a small very small community with a giant country that cannot wait to swallow us whole Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at any moment they want to and if it wasn't i mean this is part of what we're seeing now with like the hong kong is pondering its re-entrance into mainland china they've completely lionized their colonizers because it's for them this force that stood between them and mainland china so there's this part that's like i don't know Britain wasn't so bad, and I'm like, I get <laughs> why this is a thing, but let's remember they were your conquerors. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, as yeah. much as they might have been better than what you're looking at now with the communists taking over, let's not totally whitewash yeah, the past totally, there. Uh, some of that was is. bad, without a doubt. Some <laughs> of it was bad. <laughs> so that was definitely not pleasant. A matter
3: of different perspective. Yes, sure. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, but Josh, you were you were just saying. I just wanted to make sure that I uh, didn't lose that. You were saying nationalistically that in the in the the romance, the love. Interest uh subplot. Yeah, falls secondary to this like right. yes, right, 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 like, right,
1: staunch devotion to country.
3: Because the main yes. character is walking through the entire movie with this purpose. Yeah. And you know, the 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 horse trader's daughter, she's got her own life to think about. She's devoted to doing righteous things, sure, but she didn't set out to be a hero. She fell no. into it. Yeah. And yeah, she's yeah. in love with this guy, finds yep. out he's a monk it breaks her entire heart. That sequence actually on The Rock when Again, she finds out that very he's... very emotional. Sh- so brutal. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so he's intense.
3: like, I'm really not trying to break your heart. I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, but you see it happening. But I'm a monk, dude. Yeah. I, like, and then when she well, steps she, to him,
3: like she, you said, and he's like, but for the nation.
1: Yeah. And then that's how she, she makes peace she with it. She feels misled. Uh-huh. And for
2: him, it's like, I'm lying to everyone, right? Because everyone wants to kill me, right? I'm not lying to you, right? So yeah, that yeah, you yeah, like yeah. me, right. right? But that was her first response, and my feeling when she had that response was not, "Oh, you're not." Like I felt like it was a justified. Of course, she's thinking of that because she's part of the reason she's on this. Is know, because of her mission. Love is, for is because that of dude. her love for yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah. she
3: watched the villains do heinous shit to her, to family, her family when she Kill left her. So dad. Yeah. yeah, they killed her yeah. pop and he was awesome. Yeah, he is But dude. you know, one of the other things that comes of it after she oh, that's one of the things I love about it. She is so fucking tough throughout the entire movie. She really is. She a kicks badass. ten the entire times ass, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. after she comes to terms with the fact that she's not going to have this love interest, she goes full force into the training yeah. and is like, I'm gonna yeah, I mean, she
2: also gets to stu- to train. Like their training sequences are very good. The wooden yeah. mountain and training, they're beautiful. Is great. And then they're when they get to the fluid. final sort of battle, you really Dude, feel. And like, then you think that of, she's of that. Yeah.
1: You think that she gets stabbed through the door when you see her sword come through the door, and you are like, oh snap! Yes. But then she comes back and like does the thing. And it's like, god
3: damn! Again, god. not killed for this. You know, for right, the sake of right. getting the hero angry or something. Right, like that. right, right, right. I right, mean, yeah. in,
1: in that sense,
2: I think it is worth also mentioning that the the. Uh, the fighting in this movie is, in fact, very good. Yo, yeah, dude, it is. Obviously, there are other glory. elements, there are other concerns. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah glad yeah. we're acknowledging all those other concerns first, but just at a base level, the choreography, dude, is the choreography is so fucking awesome. For sure,
1: it's just even the old dude at the beginning, chicken ass. Like, oh my god, and he gets the the ashes thrown in his face, and he like falls over. But like everything up until that point is so badass. It just looks poetic. And like you know, a ballet th-
3: j- again, to tie this back in the plot, I love the way that they do their fights that make sense when you were talking about the abbot fighting against the villain early on, yeah, the abbot's not going to lose, no, he's better, yeah, the villain has, has to, to do to the cheat. dirty trick, yeah, thing. Yeah, when, yeah. He, when he puts the ashes in his eyes and the and the abbot starts to essentially slowly degrade because he's not going to be able to like see or breathe anymore later on when they're in Wudan mountain, the Wudan abbot is like, "What do you mean he's dead,
1: yeah, yeah, like.
3: He, like, that's his equal. Like, how did the Abbot of Shaolin get killed by my student? Like, no, no, no. Well,
2: and yeah, he also has the entire Royal Guard art. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not just about their singular battle. That singular battle exists as a distraction because outside... The entire army is basically slaughtering monks, <laughs> some of whom I'm sure might have been able to take on one of those soldiers one on one. But this yeah, is not—it's not a fair fight. And and so there's no party that's like, all this other oh, they too. just won. It's like, yeah. oh, this has been a setup from the beginning. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and the—I mean—the kids have got to hold their own. Like it's—it's—and this is a—you a, a, know—anyone who's familiar with these sorts of movies knows. The slaughter of Shaolin is a pretty consistent theme. Yeah, they're pretty there's a lot of yeah. There's yeah. a lot of movies about them getting totally murdered and yeah. someone trying to come back and you know, right that wrong. I'm
3: right. okay with it. You know, the, you know when I, I always think about this, if I was in charge of making an entire decade or two decades or even a genre about black people fighting against oppression with martial arts like in a in a present day setting or mm-hmm. in a even in a historical setting F- fuck it i'll make an entire 10 movie series over 10 years that's just about slaves using martial arts to fight against slave masters somebody would be like You've gone too far at the third one or the fourth one, and then I would be like, fuck you, Fast and the Furious. Like Yeah,
1: let's go. So, cool. Let's do this. Yeah,
3: exactly. Like, don't worry. It's yeah. still gonna be entertaining. <laughs> You'd look at Kung Fu movies, it's the same shit. Oh, I mean there's Shaolin winning yeah, again. I mean you could you could <laughs> have evil.
2: <laughs> you could have one upbeat film <laughs> if you did the Haitian Revolution. That would be the one that's like No, it's a, it's a it's basically a
3: win. <laughs> I don't, I feel where you're coming from, but I don't really know if I'd I you know It's basically a it's, win. It's basically oh yeah, yeah.
2: I mean without if you're being historically accurate at all, that's the one where you're like, well, pre- that would work pretty well.
3: I just that's think the would, one that would that one worked work out. It wouldn't be very entertaining without the martial arts you know, for people. One hundred percent. But I do think
2: like with the with the whole Shaolin thing, I mean, this is part of the, the narrative. This is part of the whole well, redemptive but it's not, story. But it's not even just one. Every one of these films, I think it's very true that Shallon is probably standing in for something else in some uh-huh. way. Yeah, like there's some other concern or some other sort of thing going on, because um, I don't. Not a lot of these folks making these movies were like, you know what? Let me go do a bunch of historical research to make sure <laughs> this is completely. It's accurate. folk stories. Yeah, it's it's about the legend of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's it, part of. It's part of what's funny that sometimes in our context we are so obsessed with the reality of the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like again, if you're presenting it as real, yeah, who
3: I want argue? it to be yeah, real. That's right. just but what if you if don't we'll look, look for Robin Hood to be historically accurate, <laughs> <laughs> unless right. you're just you know really bored.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: it's true.
3: All right, so th- I'm gonna bef- before we move on, I want to make sure that you guys get the opportunity to, to quiz me. Was there anything in the flick that stood out? Like, I don't know, What was? What, what, what was? Joe, what is that? Again, see the the fire scene.
1: How did they do that without oh, I see what killing you're saying. somebody? Oh yeah, yeah. when the abbot
0: t- sets, t-
3: sets
1: t-
0: up
3: on fire? the two of them.
1: Yeah, in that scene in particular, and then there are other scenes like where the horses are running, and uh, you know when when um, when the guard sieges the the horse trader encampment, and people are running around in flames again. I'm like yo, that's not CG.
3: I, I think somebody probably got hurt. These Is people the are on fire. I mean, they had suits. Yes, yeah. they had fire I get suits. It, but, but man, yeah.
1: That shit looked fucking crazy. You
3: know what the creepy part is that the abbot doesn't just like run around arms no, on he's fire. Like he walking sits down cross legged yeah. and puts his palms together and I'm like, That's a bit much. That like that that, that, yeah, it seems like how I don't know how they yeah, pulled, yeah,
1: pulled that off. That's the seen, thing. I, I saw it and I was it, like, yo. There's no way technology was good when this movie was made 85. that these people did not get hurt in some grievous manner.
3: Somebody probably got hurt.
1: I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Somebody. That's one of the things that stood out to me yeah. when I watched this damn movie. I don't have I an answer like,
3: better for you than that, that. Somebody probably got hurt.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Did
3: well, that at all th- impact you guys? Like, the, Did you guys watch that? And just like, oh, Wilmer. So so this is what's <laughs> interesting. 85, right? Um, wh- wh- what's going on in the news? I mean, what year is uh, Tiananmen Square getting to us? Oh, that's that's, not, that's like eighty nine, right? Yeah. So, so we're we're wow. sti- from from Vietnam on. We're getting in Western media, you know, some kind of context of passive resistance via Buddhist monks on Immolation. location. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, for them to do that with the abbot in the opening was right. obviously politically heavy. It's intense, man. It yeah, was it a definitely probably scene. like tweaked people. Yeah, with, it tweaked before me. they said trick. Yeah. yeah, as
1: I watched it, I was like, fuck. I mean granted I was concerned for the actors I was hoping there was a, but also I was like god damn that is a strong ass image you know well, what I mean well I think like
2: there, there there is like a real solidarity theme in that one of the one of the things when the when the child monks are kind of on the run is this feeling from the community of like regardless of how people feel about shaolin shaolin is a source of pain for the community mm. uh-huh. that they're all suffering because of shaolin so there's this idea of Communal suffering, which is the enemy of solidarity, and so I think the film, in some ways, you're naturally like, Yeah, yeah, I get it that Shallon's putting everyone, but that dude's bad, and so, like, I'm sorry, community. But for Shallon just to go, Y'all, right, it's cool, we'll do whatever <laughs> you, you want, guys later, that would be yeah. not, and in a that would be not heroic. And so, in a in a in a culture in which solidarity matters for mm-hmm. whatever it is we're doing together, that's a very powerful. And it's not just this movie that this comes up a lot. Of like, well, we're all gonna have to suffer for your thing. Well, yeah, because it's right. And I'm not gonna let these, you know these, what I mean? Like, yeah. at Insurgents. literally, yeah, the abbot could have said, uh, "Okay, fine, I'll step down. You're in charge now. We're done here."
3: Yeah. Yeah,
2: the movie in no way takes that seriously. Like, no one that's there not is option. like, "No, yo, not. maybe we should just do what they say. They're all like, "That's not possible." Dude, righteousness
3: is
1: righteousness,
0: right? Yeah, right. That yeah. is the, and that's the definitely you, you one of the nascent themes you know, you in can, this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: the the whole commitment to like a higher standard and ideal. Yeah, right. and that's, I mean, that's one of the things that makes this movie
3: beautiful. It might be obtuse, For but sure. it's definitely. But know, it's there. I mean, well, like, it's powerful.
2: But I also see how it sits in. Great contrast to the
3: second movie. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which the exactly. second movie exactly. is a much
1: smaller movie in my mind.
3: Is it, 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 yes, it's, it's looking l- two feet in front of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, let's just say
2: I 100 percent want to tell the audience you should try to watch Holy Robe of Sheldon Temple first. That right. Yeah. 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 Not, I'm, gonna, I'm just saying you
3: should watch it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, we we it's watched awesome. it. We watched it first on YouTube, and I'll let you all know. The YouTube version is pretty terrible. It's pretty bad. bad. That
3: was actually the version that was even out on
2: DVD. And then um, our man found a version of it.
1: Yeah. And we watched a better version of it that still was not so good. It's still rough. But it's better than the YouTube version.
2: It's a better grain. You can see more of it. I will say these are rough subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. They're hard to see. The timing is off. They're hard to see. And they only subtitle dialogue. dialogue. And a lot of characters have...
1: um, Mm have like character images. titles yeah, yeah 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 i don't know what any other names are no nope. right don't know what they unless say. they're
2: addressed in dialogue i don't know what anyone's name is <laughs> and they even give names for um side villains which i thought right. was interesting right People yeah who are helpers to the main villain i got a title thing for it. and if i could not read, translated yep. if i could read was that mandarin or cantonese i don't know i don't know <laughs> whatever it was if i could have read it that would have been super interesting yeah but the yeah, reality for is sure. They're just another guy in a blue outfit that I'm like, yeah, it's like no oh one man, addresses that guy, that that guy directly. Why me? do I need to know his name? <laughs> but if is, if this movie
3: him. had a Criterion-level re-release, it would be fantastic. Oh, my God. But it hasn't even Could gotten close imagine? to that. Yeah.
2: Well, wow. I mean, that's a side side thing before we get into the next movie. I do kind of want to ask, who – okay, so Shaw Brothers stuff got re-released through AGFA, Yeah. right?
3: Um, that's a huge buyout by, or you know, licensing deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years giant. in the making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: No one else, though, is doing, from what I can see, is doing high-level re-releases right now. There was a brief period during the DVD boom where the Weinsteins, forever curse be their name, um, (laughs) were doing super quality re-releases. They were, uh, yeah. Especially working with Tarantino. Yeah,
1: like Chunking Express. In
2: the Blu-ray era.
1: Yeah, nobody.
2: Of classic stuff. Now, there's a bunch of 80s and 90s stuff that's getting re-released. Right, okay. But classic stuff other than Shaw. Right, so the Shaw stuffs coming out through AGFA. I'm stoked on all of it. That's really great.
3: Whatever. Those re-releases are what everything should be getting. The, the, yeah, the Shaw re-releases dude, are literally be a, it, like beautiful. I'm sure you got an amazing copy of Life Gamble. Like they, oh, yeah, they oh, have yeah, some it's really, really high quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: The I Life Gamble well. thing and that, that I thought was in 4K. Yeah, and it was guys, beautiful. Yeah,
2: w- you know, regular listeners remember last summer we did those four Shaw films. Yeah, uh, at the uh, Frank Banco Alehouse, House, and all four looked amazing. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. which was super impressive for me for Come Drink With Me because um, I tried to watch Come Drink With Me before that screening so I'd be prepared Yeah, and every copy I could find because this was when they only uh, had released them for theaters so there Mm. was no other all the old copies I could find were real bad hard to watch so when I got in that theater and saw the 4K restoration I was like oh this movie's beautiful
3: I had no idea (laughs) this was a concern for me with the action cinema and to be honest Holy Robe didn't fall off the list of the ones that got screened because of the quality, I mm-hmm. knew that it was just one of the things people would have to suffer. But it really hurt me to have to think that that was all yeah. I had available. Yeah. Man, no matter how high quality, it's still If we got a repress
1: low. of this in 4K, if we got a reissue of it, like a digital remaster, that shit would be magnificent. But there's
2: no one. I don't understand why there's no with right now. Yeah. There are so much niche, uh, boutique Markets. home video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between synapse, vinegar syndrome. Uh, Shutter Code Red whatever all this stuff and they're covering obviously horror is always a big market but there's other releases getting released there's other things getting released that are more action or exploitation or sci-fi why no kung fu? Why are we not getting the same thing for martial arts movies? I know that, that the, the
3: licensing on a lot of these movies is really difficult because the companies have been defunct three times over. Yeah, and yeah. you're sure, talking about sure. holding companies that you know don't ever answer a phone call or an email. So mm. the more obscure you go, probably the harder it is not just to find a, a print, but to talk to the people licensing. for an official. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And you're talking about a lot. Of, I, I know bec- one of the things that was difficult was actually finding the licensing for some of the obscure stuff for screenings, even. Yeah. yeah just not getting nobody's cares about these movies
2: do you find yourself then if it's hard to get in contact do you think i'm just going to show it and if
3: someone gets mad to get mad well i don't give a fuck but uh yeah. but i worry about venues that have to think about that yeah some terms of their projected ability to say three episodes or three installments down the line joe's still got his shit together you know if, if you got to worry about one of my deep cuts is impossible to get licensing on that's just ruining everything so yeah
1: yeah it's hard. no i get it man
2: Alright, so let's talk about this uh, Life, gamble. Life gamble.
3: gamble film. 1979, Shaw Brothers. <laughs> I had a hard time with this explain, one.
2: <laughs> explain for our audience. Alright, this yeah, one's actually a little bit harder little to little do. No, a, oh, a that's what synopsis. I'm saying. Yeah. I think this is part of the problem is that I don't know, if someone was like, yo, break it all down for me right now, I'd be like, I'd be like uh, uh... Okay, uh, uh, yeah. long story
3: short, uh, there, was, there is a really expensive piece of jade that uh, one group of criminals is uh, transporting... There's a, yeah. there's a transportation company. They're mercenaries. They transport goods that are you know, expensive goods. They're transporting the Jade, and it gets stolen by another group. Okay, now the Jade is up in the air, and the insurance on the Jade with the mercenary company that was uh, traveling it is maybe part of the conversation, who owes who money, etc. But the Jade itself is the MacGuffin that's still up in the air and is still very valuable. Enter the slew of characters. You've got the mercenary group that wants to quote unquote regain it because they need to get it to their customer Mm -hmm. you've got the original uh, customer who's like you know this is mine I want it back you've got the cops that are after it in the form of the investigator who's a great character Mm -hmm. um, who isn't nearly as straight narrow as he seems Uh, and then you've got a slew of other fighter characters that are various different masters of different uh, niche forms of martial arts uh, that all know each other because they're all mercenaries and how they factor into the different groups that want to gain the money or the jade this is seemingly complex, but it's really just a heist movie. It definitely it felt out very complex yeah. working through. There's a, I mean,
1: there was a minute when I was watching it, and I was just like, Did it, I have no idea what's happening right
2: yeah,
3: now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I followed it, but there were so
2: many twists and turns that about like the fifth double cross, I was like, yo, I don't know if I even care anymore. There are that many yeah. double crosses. And then yeah. when it's like, oh. Jade was a jerk-off the whole time. Yep. This is about insurance fraud. I watched it with Sue. She looked at me and said, this You've is a movie kidding. about insurance fraud. Literally. And I said, <laughs> baby, I don't know. And she, she, then she responded with something we already discussed. She said, I thought this was a martial arts film. <laughs> <laughs> there's, <laughs> not lot, there's not a lot of fighting in this movie either, is there? And I go, oh, no, there's,
3: there's a fair amount of fighting. There's just a lot, a lot of, of talking in between. It's a lot of not talking. that
2: much fighting, though. And for me, the most cinematic, interesting fight sequence is one in which you have to believe that a very strong and unexpected weapon in a fight is flags. <laughs> My man deploys flags, <laughs> and it's like, well, the flags have fucked up everything. I don't oh, know come what on. we could possibly do.
3: He also do. had uh, two arrows sticking through his gut and did the yeah. pressure point thing to block off to make sure that he could fight for an additional 20 minutes. Which he had learned. Okay, all right. But so, there's a so, deploying of flags. Okay, so <laughs> and I cannot get stoked on flag it, deployment. It was it was it was a pretty ridiculous end. So for listeners, the, the movie is all over the place, and yet all over the place. I actually think it thinks it knows what it's doing. I, I yes, think that they just I edited agree. together a lot of scenes that could have been in the movie. Okay. And then got this movie. <laughs> As a heist movie, it's pretty cool. You got Lion, who's the the head of the gambling den. Yeah. He's going to host this. They don't play poker, but th- this dice game Yeah, to see who Which gets is rigged. The, j- the, the jade piece. Because you can't break the jade in half, so instead of breaking it, we're just going to give it to the winner of this game. Gearing up to the game, getting ready for it, is great because, you know, you, you've got... In most heisty movies, you've got a day, you know, your Ocean's Eleven. Okay, so that's the day we're going to do the job, and you've got days leading up to it. Okay, mm-hmm. so now you're introducing your cast. You got the cop. You've got the the mouse-like thief guy. You yeah, got the yeah. femme fatale. You know you've got your your, your seemingly like um, uh, untouchable. I'm not going to be a fighter anymore. Blacksmith who's really baller at everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got all yeah. this cast, and they and th- okay, cool. Then you get to the heist day. We're going to have this game, this dice game. Yeah, and then there's still more movie and you're like but that's the end of the movie right like you everybody you dies to the and you get the right no there's like way more movie you're like what the fuck and then you get to the flags then you get to the flags and you're like well, this movie was over like two <laughs> movies ago what happened
2: <laughs> that where it's literally like well okay i know how this movie's going to end because there's no way that dude can beat this other dude in a fight and then that dude's like Oh, did you not know about my flags? I got <laughs> flags. Dude. And there's the pulling of four flags. They're,
3: they're, <laughs> they're not... They're not uh, to be fair, they're people holding flags. Sure. They're not like flying in the air. No. Sure. Right. But I've been... I up. believe that in a martial arts
2: movie. I believe up until this point that four dudes with sharp objects are man. He's going to take those four dudes out. I've seen him. He's tough. I believe in his abilities. But those four motherfuckers have flags. And it turns out flag versus dagger flag's gonna win if the dagger's not heavy enough <laughs> the flag's gonna win and this is a the problem is so much of the lead up to this moment this is an important moment this is the deploying of our final trick which let me be clear with y'all there are so many double crosses and tricks they this really point. are a
3: million. Double every crosses. five minutes yeah someone yeah, is betraying. getting betrayed and
2: about a third of the betrayals you're going that wasn't even necessary. Yeah, like, why you, is you that even here? You could have walked away yeah. with the yeah. money at this point, but yeah. you're still betraying you're still people. Like, but see, for the
3: this, I gotta cast. be honest. This is one of the things about this movie that I really, really love. Okay, so so it's a cartoon. Yes, for, yeah, it's so ridiculous. ridiculous. Just, 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 it's so, so ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, but so's the good, the bad, and the ugly. No, I hear you on that. And it's yeah. an artful cartoon, a more artful cartoon. But the three characters are good, the bad, the ugly are a lot like these characters. It's just shit show after shit show going on. We all know each other. We're, mm-hmm. we're almost too connected not to be connected, right? Right. Like, we really should just stop fighting each other because we know that, well, you're going to win this fight or you're going to... Like you said, everybody's double-crossing everybody, right? <sighs> but the fact that there's no clear villain reminds me that these people are too stupid to go and do anything else. They're just career criminals. That's all they know how to do. It's this like watching is just heat. what
1: they do. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll hear that. 100%. And uh, I will agree,
2: though I agree with Josh, there were parts of me that were confusing.
3: Oh, yeah. No, I think. And yeah. I
2: definitely, much as we were discussing with Midsummer, I went in here ready for some badass fighting.
3: Uh, and I yeah. did not feel you, like you it delivered. Yeah.
2: What what it was, I still was amused by. At a certain point, both me and sue got into the, this is re fucking ridiculous. Yep, yeah, let's just buy into that. And every time there was a new character, a new trick, a new weird weapon, a new thing that you didn't see coming, or the whole time you know that the that the squirrely thief has the thing, and everyone else is just fucking up. All those moments, I was like having fun with. My only actual critique, other than. I don't think all of the double
3: crosses work because there's so
2: many double crosses. <laughs> ridiculous. My only other critique is I knew when he showed up.
3: Who? There's that many characters, by yeah, the yeah, way. Yeah, it's be, yeah. It's hard
2: to keep track. There, Let, there is let's, a let's, main let's <laughs> character,
3: sort of. Sort re- let's, of, kind let's of. Yeah. Let's
2: reiterate. The people who the jade belongs to just wanted the insurance money. Right. And so when the dude shows up. The thing up, was worth
3: so much, the insurance <laughs> money was a fortune. Yeah,
2: so when the dude shows up to return to them the thing, it's like a, it's like an ambush. And so he's got his mans. And I'm like, okay, based upon all the fight logic to this moment, this doesn't matter. Our mans is going to murder these mans. But And I go, hell no. I know how these movies work. They're going to have some sort of trick. And the trick is going to be cool claws or a pole that bends three times or a triple-sided sword or some other thing. And then the flags come out and I go, fuck you. <laughs> the big trick that <laughs> shitty tricks, trick. No, because Should this is be I, flags. This is again another trope that I love, which is you are the most righteous skilled kung fu dude. But guess what? I got a weird weapon you ain't never heard of. So all your training on the mountain and the breaking the things <laughs> and the claw or the tiger or whatever it is you've done been doing don't matter because this knife goes both ways, which we already saw by the way.
3: The magnet knife. With,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. With the magnet knife. Yeah. Or with the the hand where it's like, oh, oh you think the backward shooting claw. Yeah, but it actually shoots backwards. We've already had this happen. So by I'm the like, way,
3: by the way, I just want to I want to pause here because I'm, I'm exactly where I wanted to be. Okay. I really, 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 really expected you guys to lay the fuck, like, lay waste to the ending, because it's terrible. Oh it's so dumb. It's dumb. Yeah,
4: it's dumb. Yeah, it's really yeah. bad. But I,
3: like, I, like I said, it really should have ended at the dice game. But can we talk about the weapons? because all these characters That's like have my this favorite like thing about the movie. Are, so, yeah. so the, just for the for the listeners the blacksmith is the sort of kind of main character that used to be a yep. fighter in the past yep. yeah he had this thing where he would make weapons for people that were legendary but they had to teach him one of the martial arts skills and therefore even though he was only a sort of kind of master he was a sort of kind of master of everything a lot of
1: things yeah and so right. when
3: he dipped off and disappeared and said i'm never making weapons again this guy tried to kill me and i survived it um he went and you know became this like quiet blacksmith. So now he's the main character, and all the characters are coming to him. Hey, fix my mm. knives. Hey, fi- you know do this. And everybody knows who he is, but he's playing coy. At the end of the movie, he's got all these skills amassed. You know he's legendary. Yeah, that
1: he's got this like cachet of of talent, right?
3: And, and that's when the flags... That's why Liam's flags so damn mad yeah. about it. The, There's is already <laughs> been
2: so many cool things. <laughs> and then, okay, so now they've got flags. I'm like, well, maybe they're going to do something fucked up. With, I don't know what's going to happen with these flags. And they just obscure the target. It pretty much. And yeah. then when someone else comes along... They, and they just stab and they, him through and he doesn't see it or something. Yeah, and yeah. someone else comes... Well, they throw a sword. Yeah. Sword's heavier, so it goes through the flag. And I'm and like... <laughs> the physics of this doesn't work for it doesn't me matter. it's such a crazy it doesn't way matter.
3: i tell you they shot yeah. that scene I, I i bet anything they shot that scene thinking okay here's like some some stuff of the real Maybe we'll use this. Maybe, maybe we'll use it for a different movie. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it just wound up being the end. That
1: in, it's just it ends up feeling like it feels very haphazard by the end. It feels
2: yeah.
3: so
1: devolved that I'm just like, what the fuck are my eyes even doing? Like to there me was right a now?
3: confused story. Yeah, yeah, and for sure. And then it got
1: lost in its own convolutions. Yeah. You know, the weapons.
3: I, don't
2: get me wrong. I wanted the movie <laughs> to end in an epic battle. Yeah. It's just the battle and ended with was so anticlimactic that it. Kind of bummed me out, and for that, for what it was. Um, but all the weird fucking weapons are yeah, so the, so awesome. The, the two the backward shooting
3: clothing
1: is so good though. I I thought <laughs> that I
2: thought so that the awesome. knife guys facing off. We've got our, our main dude. He's got a bunch of knives. <laughs> They've
3: got like a holster of knives. Then yeah, there's another dude the who has a holster
2: with a bunch of n- knives in it. That They're are both bigger, knife masters. But then his holster also a fucking knife. Yeah, that I was like. You win, man. You thought I,
3: <laughs> I, you thought I was out of knives, but you forgot the last one. So good. This holster so good. is also a knife. And the magnetic knife. Oh, my knife can stop your knives in midair by catching them.
2: Pretty, so good. pretty good. Pretty good. Magnetic yeah. Knife. There's a bunch of things like that where people have little tricksy things and whatever yeah. that, I, that I love. What
1: was your favorite weapon in the movie?
3: Hmm. Like what, I wanted the mouse dude to, to do more with the lasso, but it wasn't really going to happen for him. Um the claw was just so good. Make me a hand because you cut my hand off, but I cut your <laughs> hand off because you were trying to kill me. Yeah, but make me a, a, an iron hand. Okay. <laughs> like just the way that you get that as a weapon. Cause, cause remember the, the guy that gets it, You know, he was he was pretty tough for a while. Right. So when when he comes back and says, make me a hand, he's a vagrant on the street at this point. Right. Right. He he was he was at the top of this mercenary game and now he's been brought low. So he's coming back like pleading. Please give me a weapon. Please give me a hand. And for the main character to be like, I literally take pity on this shameful place that you fall into as a mercenary that double crosses people and tries to kill them, by the way. On a regular <laughs> basis. Like, that's what you do. But I'm going to make you an Iron Hand. Th- for, the, for the guy to think that it wasn't going to come with any kind of, like... Like, some whoa, weird... can come safe. on, yeah, you can't push. <laughs> <the> you guys <laughs> try to kill each other every third Thursday. You, you can't
2: like, push the logic, right? Four thieves show up because they're the, the team. Yeah. yeah. And one of them has got a bunch of mans with him. And they're like, what's with all the mans? And he's like, well, the mans are here to keep us safe. Okay. Then they kill that dude and all his mans. <laughs> And it's like, why did we kill him? Well, he brought all those mans. So clearly, <laughs> he was plotting something. Yeah. Well, you only killed all those mans because you brought all your mans. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yep. And then it's oh no, now we got to kill those mans. Yep. There's a part to it. They're all re- just thugs, man. Just, yeah, this it's just a, a bunch of ridiculous. Like, <laughs> but you. that's what I'm saying. You just got to let it happen to you. It, okay. Straight up, if you are someone for whom the appeal of martial arts movies is only the proficiency of the battle. Right. There are a lot of people who don't care that the plot is dumb, that yeah. the acting is bad. It's the that the sets of the, f- sometimes of the fight sequences. All they're watching yeah. is, how is the choreography? If that's your vibe, this, this is movie not is not for movie. you. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be is, so bummed. Yeah, but you're for gonna be people bored. who are interested in that choreography aspect, because it's there, there's fights. Yeah. But you want something else that's interesting, but it's within this context. I actually think this movie could work, especially if you get into the vibe of... Everything here is overblown and ridiculous and overdone. And There's no well, well, not
1: overdone, but like it's it twists and turns in so many ways. I mean,
2: it's the most endearing character is like uh, the detective's undercover daughter who <laughs> lies to everyone <laughs> and flirts with everyone. Yeah, basically yeah, yeah. manipulates a dude into like murdering for her. She's the charming. Baby face of the freaking movie. There's
3: no good characters.
0: No,
2: yeah, no, and it's no, great no, for sure. I was rooting for her. I was like, yeah, man, get that dude to do some killing for you. Who cares? <laughs> that dude sucks anyway. I don't, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I, I I had a lot of fun with it, but also I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. No. And there's some part of me that's like,
3: it's not. It's not
2: great. No, no, no. But oh. it connects on a certain <laughs> level that I find very enjoyable. No, I
3: gave you one great movie and one really mediocre movie. <laughs> really
2: difficult to follow. But it's, yeah. it's mediocre and weird in a certain way that I understand, oh, I get the appeal of this right. in a certain
3: way. Yeah, Dude, right. when when the cop comes in, when the, when the detective comes in, and finds the, uh, the the iron hairpin, the, the sure. prostitute girl, with the dead guy that tried to uh, get up next to her. And she killed him. He tried, You remember? Yeah. He comes yeah. into the room and he's like, oh, that guy's dead. You killed him, huh? Okay. Well, you know, he's probably <laughs> going to die anyway because the cop knows the entire situation with all these criminals. <laughs> and he's like, all right, well, we'll just, we'll just sweep that one under the rug. You go uh, hide over here. I'm going to need you for this other thing that I need to yeah. do. So he just makes an she informant just, immediately. Yeah. And she's like, well, what if I don't work? He's like... I'm a cop. Like, you want to go away for murder? That's it. <laughs> the
2: whole, We're all criminals. The whole thing about it's so, that part it's, of it for me is so good. And just the idea that like, no one is on the level. Because why Everything would you be is, on the level? Yeah. Why? When everyone is doing something fucked up, why would you be? And then the fact that, the part of that that is so hard to believe, that you know it's coming, is that the people who are, as close as you can get to the good guys are all very convinced we have to give the jade back to the family and I'm like not one of y'all think that this is weird no it didn't connect with nobody that this whole situation is kind of fucked up it's a scam (laughs) don't nobody and then when it's a scam I'm like obviously it's a scam (laughs) I just wasn't expecting the the damn flag I also think that
3: that, like like, I I think a heist movie where the thieves are getting used by somebody smarter than them no I
1: agree I agree
3: Okay. although it's terribly put together it still is a compelling plot okay thread. i'll
1: give you that that's cool but this is also the first movie of this kind that i've seen that doesn't have the element of nobility and oh, yeah. doesn't have the element of like righteousness. Sure. I'll show you some sure.
3: other ones, man. Oh man. <laughs> no, for
1: real though. Like every single movie up until this point right. that I've seen of this genre has had that element of it. The right? guy who um, wins because of because his because of his like commitment yeah. to like a higher or, or, whatever. or woman, but or you know, woman. That's I told too, you but, this is yeah. a western. Yeah, for sure. This is a diabolical movie. And I didn't have anything that I could hold on to because everything just kept on twisting in my hands. You know what I mean? This like, is
3: one of the ones, to be honest. Okay, so so when it comes to the action cinema, this one isn't on the list.
1: Oh yeah, I could definitely see how uh, a room full of people watching this would—they'd be
3: like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, happened? go completely awry yeah. on you. Yeah, your yeah. 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 Isaac lays over. Yeah, <laughs> <So> <laughs> they would.
1: I mean, you know, I'm not going to say that I was. Yeah, no, I was in the whole movie, but it just—it got to a point where I was just like, I just don't know what Joe sees in this thing. <laughs>
3: and it, 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 it got. I see to a me, lot of bad comics that I loved when I was a kid, like really, <laughs> really, really, really terribly written comics. Right. Right.
2: I Fair mean. Enough. I host an Alpha Fly
1: podcast, so you definitely do that. So you have no problem with with less than less than uh completely clear. I really love points. I really yeah. love parts of it. I get it. I
3: love Puck. Yeah. <laughs> Puck
2: is Puck is great. Um I really at this point I'm okay. Maybe old box. A, I'm a Heather defender. Oh wow. I defend Heather. I like Heather. Okay. Uh Box is great. Walter Langowski is an asshole, and it was—it's good he's dead.
3: Wow, that's rough, but fair. I,
2: he's the, I, and he—it's almost like he was designed to be. I no one wants to hear my Alpha <laughs> Flight rant, but let me just say real quick, it's uh, uh, the fact that John Byrne was like, all right, he's gonna be a football player, scientist, who's hot, and we're gonna give him a mentally handicapped girlfriend that he tries to help with science in a really awkward way, and. By the way, he got his power by literally trying to rip off Bruce Banner, <laughs> knowing full on about the Hulk. Like, he not only tried to rip off his college roommate's science, he did it going, I like that he's the Hulk. I want to be the Hulk. I'm going to steal his research, and I'm going to do it to me. Yo, no reader of the Hulk hears that backstory and goes, I like this guy. No, yeah, well, let's make gonna sure get, we. You're uh, going to get what you deserve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the w- He is the worst. And when things go wrong for him, I'm like, good. Bye. <laughs> let's get some more. Box up in here. I also like uh, Jeffries because I just think his power is really great. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Jeffries is just like, is that thing a machine? Cool. I can do whatever I want to it. Okay. <laughs> i not listen
3: to your Alpha Flight podcast. Oh yeah, it's called the show. flight. It's called the flight stuff. I saw the I saw the tag word. I, I yeah, like yeah, yeah. that a lot. We <laughs> just
2: uh, we just left burn. Burn just left, and we're starting the Mantlo era. Oh boy, ah, I actually love aspects of the Mantlo era, but um, you know the thing that's appealing about the burn era of Alpha Flight is that it was verging on progressive. Northstar was clearly meant to be gay from the beginning. Period. Right. Uh, though they're not very well-written for 2019, just including indigenous characters in a Canadian comic was a political was decision. St- I think Yeah, a huge step. Yeah. Even if they're full of stereotypes and they're <laughs> painted literally red. Yeah. To the extent that no actual indigenous person is that red. So all those parts are problematic, but Byrne is going in a direction. And then Mantlo takes over and he's like, ah! None <laughs> of that stuff matters! I got my own <laughs> thing going on! And
1: it he... It just goes for it.
2: He runs... He makes some really... He makes some decisions that in 2019 he just wouldn't have a job anymore. Right, people would read that and go, "Nope, <laughs> no, <laughs> no." But he <laughs> makes other decisions that I also really enjoy. So it's a weird mix bag, right? Which right. again, we're doing an alpha Flight podcast. It should be called the Flight mixed Stuff. Bag. Yeah, it's a weird mix bag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, I think we're done. We yeah. should wrap up. All right.
1: So, uh, yeah. <laughs> like You just were like, I have nothing to say. I d- yeah, no, that's, that's a that's I a really appreciate you, wanna, you guys you watching wanna, the
3: movies. I think, recommended.
1: Well, yeah, no, guests. I was getting to it, We'll man. get to it. Dude, Joe. Yo. You're the fucking man. Dude. <laughs> is that is the shit. No, yeah. straight up, thank you so much for being a guest on our show. Yep. I love you
5: so much,
3: Josh. I love it's you It's really, man. really you good to get to know you.
2: You man. definitely introduced us to two movies that we that, would never... Yeah. The whole point of doing this in the sense of inviting guests to pick is that we get that to we'll be
1: exposed to different things that yeah. we don't know anything about. Yeah. And you have literally been one of the few people to successfully do that for us. So, oh, no, don't no. it's like former guests. I'm saying, though, it's like Joe and Rob Scavarla. That's yeah, it. That's, that's all true. I got. You know, and Sam. But otherwise... No, Sam definitely. Yeah, everything else, though, like we've at least had some tangential knowledge. That's and true. like, oh, okay, yes. Yeah, so well, I kind of know about this movie. Yeah, this yeah. is the first time I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then I watched it and I was like, Yo, what the fuck was this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the right so response. Thank you so much, Joe. Dude, thanks so much for me on the show. shit is awesome. I really, I re- really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Really, yeah, really man. Do. Is there anything coming up, Joe, that you are excited about? Anything that you want to hype up? Anything that you would like uh, the listeners to know about once this uh, episode sees uh,
3: airtime? There's a show on Netflix right now called The Kingdom. Mm-hmm. That nobody's talked to me about, and I've only been able to talk to like five other people about it. But in my opinion, and it's a z- zombie show. Yeah, people will hate me for saying this. I like I'm gonna lose friends. Right. I think it might be one of the best zombie things I've ever watched, ah. and it's bizarre because the writing's super tight, and the filming is incredibly beautiful, and it's a miniseries. I just think it's obnoxiously good TV and zombie fiction. Okay. And being Korean, I guess nobody really. It just skip everybody's mind,
2: right? It's a period piece too. Yeah, right? th- yes, it's medieval. It's a it's a Jeez. Korean medieval period piece about. Uh, so, but I don't know how is it martial artsy? It's, I haven't watched it. I've just watched the trailers and been like, I should watch that. It is lightly yeah. it mm-hmm. martial
3: artsy. It's <laughs> lightly martial artsy. When it's in there, it's great. It's yeah. not important to it. It isn't a yeah. martial arts show, right? Um, but then again, it's also not really a magic-inspired show either, sure. which is a hard... Because everybody's like, zombies, medieval, magic, magic, right? Yeah, I'm like, not really.
2: Huh. Right. All right. I mean, the trailers look great. I'm in a weird place right now. We, uh, I just don't have much time. Uh, yeah, to that. watch stuff. And there's so much. T- my TV list is huge. Yeah. Meanwhile,
1: every time I'm watching TV, I'm thinking, I wish I was watching a movie right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. there's so much TV I want to watch <laughs> all the time. I hear that. Hey, man. No, but I will check that out as well because hey. Joe told me to. Aww. Straight up. Oh. If you were to be like, yo, Josh, read this really weird, shitty thing that I think is awesome, I'll be like, yo, Joe told me to read this. That's what's happening. Period. Uh, Full also, stop. I mean, also, now,
2: no question. Also, people should come see you at Atomic City. Yeah,
1: sure, man. man, dude, you know, yeah. I'm all still about doing having the same conversations about comics all the time, too. Yo, man, still one of my favorite shops in the city, and largely due to you. Oh, it's truth. It's truth. Well, come so
3: a- anybody come on down there and get comics from me. You know, the rest of the staff is great as well. We really love recommending rando things, just like these guys are talking about movies, you know, stuff they wouldn't know about.
2: My biggest compliment is that if you're someone who like me made the switch to monthlies, but is not always on top of like what you need yeah there's so many times where i'm like oh i'm behind on this thing but i want to get up on it if i go to atomic city i'm gonna find what i want
1: yeah for every sure.
2: time that i'm like oh, i got everything but this one issue i'm gonna go to atomic city and see if they got it and like nine times out of ten i've been able to find what i
3: want we got a silly amount of stock yeah it's, it's good really
1: it's good yeah awesome all right, so that is it. Thanks again to all of our friends that listen. Please rate, review, and subscribe on the iTunes because that is the currency that matters to podcasters like us. And uh, that way we'll be able to grow. Check out the Patreon. Uh, check out... The writing content on the
2: website. True. Check out some of the other shows. Uh, big up to uh, Tomb of Ideas. and Yeah. Like we already talked a little bit about flight stuff, but also... Um, Although, I don't know when a new episode's coming. We got that new podcast, Evil Eye. Yeah, the goth Um,
1: podcast with Sam and Rob. Yep. It's awesome. Uh, Black Sun
2: Dispatches. Just a lot of great stuff on the... On the network. In in the family. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And, like, you know, straight up, check check out the Patreon. Let us know uh, if you're on the Patreon and you're looking for something. If you have ideas for stuff you want us to cover in Patreon content, we'll get there eventually. We really promise we will. Yeah. Uh, And we both... Uh hope you check out the other things we do. Josh, cross keys and yeah. aspect ratio. And for me, uh rough cut rough cut shirts. Yeah, check that out. So and just thanks to everybody who supports us in everything we do.
1: Yeah. So thank you so much. Episode ninety nine, finished. Smoke bomb. <laughs>